Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Puck and Write Chicago podcast. This time, it is live. I am sitting in my basement <laughs> looking at Megan in the flesh right now as we record. I think this is the first time we've ever recorded where it's been live between yeah. us two. Yeah, because last summer we didn't have it. Because we started it last October, correct? Yeah. yeah. And we, I think we were going to record something when I was here in December, but we never got around to it. Because you were only here for, like, a day. Yeah, I was legit only... Well, I mean, I was in Chicago for a couple of days, but I was only with, with me for, like, a day. Yeah. Yes. Like, then, literally 24 hours. We did a lot in that 24 hours, though. I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, we did a ton Yeah. in that 24 hours. Yeah, we were, and we were downtown for, like, the whole day. Right, well... This time, this occasion, Megan was in town for the 2019 Chicago Blackhawks convention, the 12th annual, which wrapped up today. We are recording on Sunday. Today was the last day, sadly. I This year I felt, I was telling Megan this yesterday, but this year, like, it was just a little bit different, and I think it was different in a way that... I uh, this this was the first this past year was the first full year where I was like a hundred like not that I wasn't a hundred percent in hockey the last couple years but this is the first year where I was like this is this is going to be my job one day I'm going to work with this sport in some capacity and I'm fully into it I'm fully invested and so this was kind of like a little tease that hey we're not in October yet but we're getting kind of close like but I just had a good feeling about this year and this season and I'm really sad about it being over. Like, I, we were driving down Lakeshore Drive after, and I was like, I'm just so sad. Like, yeah. I was just so sad that it was over. I thought, I don't know, it was really fun this year, and I, you're right. Like, it, something felt different in a good way. Um, and, I don't know, I'm just really excited for hockey, and we have, like, a month and a half, two months left, and I just I rolled my eyes really hard just then. I Yeah. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but... Oh, it just sucks. Like, I want hockey right now. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, but since we don't have hockey right now, what we do have is what we did over the weekend at the Blackhawks convention. Megan and I did attend all three days, which was super fun. And I think even even though Sunday doesn't really have anything going on, I think that... We got a lot done today. We did. We did, have a, we did get a lot going on. But let's start with day one. So day one was Friday. July 26th. We got there at what, like 7 a.m.? Ish. Yeah, 7 a.m. We waited. We went straight down to the registration line and waited in the registration line from 7 a.m. when we got there until noon when it opened. It opened at like 11.50. They opened it early. Um, But... We sat there. We we were trying to pass the time because I'm 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's a pretty long time. We passed the time though by playing 20 questions, yep. like we were in like fifth grade. So yeah. Well, and then like at like 11 o'clock, I think was when I or maybe 10:30. I can't remember, but 11. I went up to go get a snack because I was starving. Right. Um. And I ended up just sitting up and waiting in the line to get into the uh, what? Which ballroom? The international one? Is that the one? Where that was the Continental. So they take you oh, in the continental oh, right, first. Right. But, like, yeah. eventually to get into the red carpet. Right? International, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Megan went up and waited in line for the opening ceremonies, and which was nice. Switched. Yeah, and then we switched, and she went down and got her pass. Neither of us won stuff from the... Uh, won stuff from the, the little... The re- when you register, yeah, they're scratching wins. We didn't win any, but... What happened after the opening ceremonies made up for it? We'll get to that in a second. Yep. Um, but yeah, we waited in that line, and they let you into this. They let you into this a smaller ballroom that where everybody sits, and you can come and go as you please, just until they say, "Hey, we're going to start taking you up." It's basically just like a room to corral everybody that wants to wait for the opening ceremonies and not have them clog the hall, the hallway in the hotel. But. That was that was fun. I went down and I bought uh, a, I bought a Seabrook jersey. I've been I was telling Megan I've been waiting about a year and a half 
to buy this jersey and I was sitting on it sitting on it sitting on it I'm like now's not a good time now's not a good time I wanted to get a right a white road one but I ended up getting a red one but the jerseys were 70% off yeah they were ridiculously cheap kind of wish I had gone down on Friday night too because by the time I went yesterday which is Saturday yeah they didn't have anything so I think I ended up just buying a hat which yeah. is a really cute hat but it was it's yeah pink um guys megan's favorite color is pink she's in this pink phase right now <laughs> I, am. I don't wearing, know what's going on i'm wearing pink nail polish i got a pink um i got the pink hat i have other pink things my phone is all pink i'm like i don't know what's happening yeah i'm in this hella pink phase but it's weird i don't know what's going on pink is close enough to red i mean right well red's her favorite color just like as as a disclaimer there but <laughs> That I went down and I actually I made friends with the people that were in line with us and we really bonded when he asked me the the husband was like okay so what do you think about Andrew Shaw coming back and I immediately was like I love it I love him he's one of my favorite players I cried when he got traded like it was and he was like okay good we'll be good friends and then I and I said something along the lines of you know like I if we never got Shaw back, that would kind of be one trade that I kind of held against Stan Bowman just because I knew I know why we had to do it because of cap cap situations and stuff. But I uh, I was saying to them, I was like, the one trade I'll never get over is Nicholas Jalmerson. And both of them were like, yes, same. There, there no, is, we're so upset. And we really are, bonded. <laughs> there are so many trades that I will just straight up never forgive Stan Bowman for. That just one in the, like, I love Brandon Saad, but getting rid of Panarin, oh, I was that, like, that, that was. Well, Saad should have never been traded away in the first yes. place. Like, yeah. no offense. But, like, he really shouldn't have. And The damn cat. I think, I really think. Side tangent here for a second. I really do think that uh, by tr- by giving him to Columbus, who was terrible—not terrible, but they weren't good right. when he was playing with them. I think it completely screwed up his development, and now he's in this weird like transitional yeah, phase where, where he's, he's like, like not bad, but he's also not like as good as he should have been. He's trying to get more. He's trying to get like reacclimated with the Blackhawks yeah, system, and that's it's, it's tough when you go from playing that's all you've played to another place that has a completely different system and a completely di- different development program, and then you come back here and it's like, well, yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to be, get back into old old shoes, but I've grown yeah. out of them. Kind so of thing. it's Stan Bowman's fault, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second because. <laughs> Oh my God! So let's just get into that right now. So we they take us up. The opening ceremonies begin around five five. I think it was five thirty. Five o'clock was, it was when yeah. Charlie Romeliotis and Pat Boyle from uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Shout out to Charlie. He's a friend of the pod. I can say that now because he's been on the pod. Uh, they they started it off with interviewing Jonathan Taves and Alex DeBrinket, and then the opening ceremonies started and everything began and. Something I really noticed this year, too, is that they're, they were much more involved. Like, they've always been involved with alumni, but I think this year was a little bit more involved. They, they brought back some guys that, like, it was Eddie Belfour's first convention. Doug Gilmore, I believe, was there last year, but he got a little more, like, he got to be in a couple of the other panels and yeah. stuff like that. But I think they were really, really big on it, and they brought back... Uh, they brought back Versteeg, and, and then Sharpie was on there and everything. But uh, they brought out the coaches. Well, before all the players and the coaches came out, they did bring out the Blackhawks front office representatives. And, Megan, do you want to so, talk about the reaction that Stan Bowman got? So my mom had said, she and I had been talking about this last week. She's like, do you think Stan Bowman's going to get booed? And I was like, no, it's, it's the convention. Like, everybody has a good time. Like, it's not. I would just be very surprised if he got booed. Well, folks, <laughs> he got, got booed. booed. There were let me and let me back up for a second. He, 
to be fair, there were people cheering. I didn't say anything because I was like, I just wanted to listen. I was just curious. Well, you had your phone um, out too. I, you I were recorded like, mm-hmm. it, um, which I, I guess I could throw in our story or something. But, um, but yeah, I, I recorded it just out of curiosity because I was like, if I don't know, I just I had an inkling that maybe some people would boo, or more people booing than I thought there would be. But it was also like, I feel like there were also a lot of cheers so it yes. was, was kind of weird um it's also kind of awkward because i don't think eddie oh tech know what to do yeah eddie was kind of like oh here we go the next guy like he i i well i was standing there and i looked at megan right right as he was about to announce his name and we heard a mixed reaction and i just kind of like had wide eyes and yeah, i was like, I was like oh, yikes. <laughs> but like i don't think like okay he has made some moves that clearly did not work out but I think this offseason he's really really trying hard and he's succeeded in, in some capacity to try and rewrite that like yeah, I think I think get rid of, of those it, bad contracts and those players that just didn't work I think a lot of people though are still hung up on the fact that they haven't gone to the playoffs in two years they traded away John Merson mm-hmm. I know Hosa's situation wasn't something they could really fix but right. it still looks bad and then the whole... I think a lot of people are still not over Panarin either. I can't tell yeah. you how many Panarin jerseys I saw. Lots. I saw a bunch. Yes. And I'm like, dude's not even on the team anymore. Yeah. That's dude's when you know how much he means. Teams. Yeah. Yeah. That's how much he means to them. So, I... Ugh. I mean, I, I kind of saw it coming after I talked with my mom, but it's, at the same time, I was kind of like, no, like, Blackhawks fans are cool. They won't... I'm not saying that it's not cool to boo him I think it's whatever it's right. your choice and it's not like he got booed like Gary Bettman gets booed it wasn't that bad right right um that would be an issue right um I think if the Hawks miss the playoffs again he might well if he's still the GM right he might but yeah oh cool I don't know it was it was a little a little awkward right and on the other side of that spectrum when the players did come out there were some players that did get a lot of a lot of cheers and a lot of noise and Andrew Shaw specifically was yeah. one of them that I I know both of us were screaming pretty loud for him but we were up we were up towards the front of like where the where the runway ends and the stage kind of opens up for the seats and everything for the players to go and sit down and Eddie O was standing I would say about like maybe 100 feet away from us and he was at the podium and the speak there were speakers right by us and the crowd was so loud that I couldn't even hear what Eddie Olchek was trying to say on the mic. No, and if you, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but if you watch the um, video of Andrew Shaw mic'd up from the convention, you couldn't hear it in that video either. You couldn't hear Eddie at all. Yes. Which is... And he's wearing a mic. Yeah. Like it's, that's, it is absolutely impressive. Yes. Um, Fans are, I the, the, the overall sense that I got this weekend, every panel, we'll talk about the, the Shaw, Shaw's panel later from day two, but all of the, the sense that I got from Blackhawks fans is that they are very, very, very excited that he's back. I didn't really feel any negativity. I didn't really feel any like, oh man, well. Like why are we bringing guys back? Because that's, I think. It hasn't worked. No, and that's a criticism that, that a lot of people have have on Bowman is that you keep bringing these guys back and they don't do anything like, oh, do ya? I love Sharpie, but that didn't, I mean, I right. I think it was right for him to come back and retire as a Blackhawk and I think Absolutely. that was mostly the point of it. Right. But it was also still a thing. I, I don't think a lot of people are excited about it because I I remember it was earlier this summer that I I have time hop or whatever and I had tweeted a bunch of things like I don't care what people say I'm so excited that Sharpie's back but I I think a lot of people were not really as excited about that because he's one of those guys that shouldn't have been traded in the first place yeah why he was but Versteeg out of that group Versteeg when he came back the first time 
that was like after like after he had left and yeah. come back a couple of years later that was the only one that like pretty much worked out for the Blackhawks yeah. but every every guy like Kruger was a bust yeah. he said Sharpie Oduya there's a couple other guys that they tried to bring back Saad the first year was a little rough for him but I think it's getting better as last they go year, I was gonna say last year he looked a lot better and I think he'll I think he'll look better continue yeah, yeah but I the overall sense was that everyone is just super pumped that Andrew Shaw is back including us like I I wore my my sister has a Shaw jersey and so I got to I asked her if I could wear it on Friday and I got to wear it and it was like I and I was telling Megan this as well. We were kind of stuck behind a couple of people that were sitting, standing in front of us on the walkway. But for the most part, like I, if I wanted to, I could stick my phone in the air and take pictures and stuff. And I know Megan for sure took pictures because she's so little and she I'm couldn't t- see yeah, over. I, I unfortunately got stuck behind some tall people, so I couldn't yeah. really see. So I kind of had to use my phone to like, yeah, because I would just like hold my phone up and like, like look. Okay, through. I could see. Like, oh my gosh, that's Jonathan Taves. Yeah, um, which kind of sucks because I, I I like enjoying things in the moment. Yeah, but um, I'm unfortunately just I need to just carry a box around me or yeah, I guess like a stool or something. Just wear heels like Robert Downey Jr. does when he records <laughs> when he films uh, Avengers movies, so he's as tall as everybody else. Um, but I, I need to find a solution there because the yeah. last year I feel like even too I was a yeah. little too short to really I couldn't quite get my arm out there, which I don't really care. Like I'm gonna wash my hands eventually, so like touching somebody's hand is not like right that big of a deal. It's cool, but right. I'd, it's cooler to just see the guys that close. But um, they were walking when Andrew Shaw was walking down I I kind of just held my phone out and I held it to the side and I just videoed and I was like if I get it I get it if I don't that's fine but I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna watch this and it was one of the it was as a fan it was one of the more prouder moments that I've had as a Blackhawks fan because I was like I I took a moment to look at him walking down in his jersey number 65 and I kind of looked at my sleeve wearing number 65 and I like I teared up a little bit I was like he's actually back like yeah. that kind of solidified it that it was like Oh, he's back. He's, yeah, he's really here. He's here. He's in a Blackhawks uniform again. Everything is right in the world. I kind of had, like, a really proud moment of, like, yeah, he's back. And that was that was super special to be able to, to see that happen. But um, Taves came down last, as he does, as the captain does, and went on the mic and, and chirped a couple guys, chirped Steger, and uh, who else did he chirp? He then chirped, chirped over did he not? Yeah, he chirped, you know, he chirped Steger, and then who else did he? He chirped, Shazi? He chirped, yeah, Shazi. He chirped both of them, and I was like, oh, Captain Sirius, no more. He's really, uh, I mean, over the last couple seasons, he's really broken out of that mold, but yeah, on a public I, stage, I was like, Jonathan, this is a big um, step. Adding on to that, he's also been, <laughs> um, Johnny's been a little fiery lately. Oh, do you want to talk, you want to go there? Yeah. I got it on here. You want to go there? I go there. All right, go um, ahead. You can take that one away. So, I mean, like most Blackhawks fans, obviously, like, he came out and said that he was straight up not happy about the Blues winning the Cup and that he couldn't believe he was cheering for Boston, <laughs> uh, which I thought was really funny because I was kind of in the same boat. My stepdad's a big Boston fan, but at the end of the day, like, I don't want to cheer for the Bruins. Right. Um, I don't want to cheer for Brad Marchand. No. <laughs> but uh, it's fine. Um so I guess Johnny had said I think it's on a radio show I think he made like a small comment at the convention but um, on a radio show on either like earlier in the day on Friday or Thursday he had straight up said like I don't buy into them being as bad as they were early on in the season I think they were underachieving so I'm not really buying it and I'm like Johnny you can't just say that but I mean He's not the only one that said it either. I think there right. were a couple... I remember a couple of other panels. People were like, yeah, not happy that the Blues 
one. Stromer for sure. Stromer was Shazi too. Shazi had said that his the team he wants to beat up on the most is the the, the Blues. Blues, which yes. Um, so definitely, it'll be an interesting season. I don't think we play the Blues until like December. Yeah, that's right. Late November or December. Um, that'll be interesting for sure because I know the fans are going to be fired up, but it sounds like the players are already fired up. Oh yeah, that's probably. I would say. The Blues are probably our biggest divisional rivalry. I think I Nashville's mean, like not to that level yet. Like no. it'll, it'll always be the Blues. I think like yeah, Cubs like, and Cardinals or like Cubs and Brewers. Like it's always going to be yeah. that Chicago St. Like, Louis I, kind of thing. Because I don't like. I mean, I, I really don't like the Predators, but I can at least stomach them. I can't stomach the Blues. I couldn't. I refuse to be happy for them winning the Cup. Absolutely refused, and I still do. I, I was. Megan, does that still bother you? Yes, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's gonna bother I'm me. Sensing a little tension. It's gonna room. bother me until the end of time. Um, it, I don't know. It, it was just funny that he had said that because he's not typically the type to speak out quite that way. Right. But I think especially in hockey, like there have been some day, like some post that he was like the one a couple couple years ago in the off season. He was like, we need to save the planet. Yeah, and, and he speaks got, out on like health, yeah. like health food and stuff, yeah, but never right. like. Like that's like Adam Burrish's like thing. Like he's very saucy in his comments. Which we'll also get to. And I guess Taves um, is Taves is rubbed off on that a little bit. Yeah, I I don't know. I was just really surprised by the comments. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong because he's not. You tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but it was just I thought it was funny, and I think I really do think that he echoed the thoughts of a lot of Blackhawks fans. I don't really mm-hmm. think that there's a single Blackhawks fan who is happy about it. Right. I'm sure, some just don't care, but right. If you're diehard and you've been following and you know the rivalries yeah. that this team has, and then, I was really—it's yeah. funny that he mentioned it too because I was really sick of seeing all those like articles of like why Blackhawks fans should be happy about the Blues winning the Cup or getting the Stanley Cup Final. I'm like, dude, no, never, absolutely never. Yeah. Anybody else aside from the Blackhawks? No. Yeah. I mean, I would have been fine if actually I would have been pretty damn excited if the Bruins won just because the, that means that the Blues would have lost. Right. But plus, my stepdad would have been happy. Um. I would have literally taken any other team that was in the playoffs, except right. maybe the Predators. But I don't think I would be this upset about it. Right. I don't think Johnny would be either. Right. And he basically said at the very end, he said, "How about we, uh, how about we make the playoffs and see where that goes?" And so, not saying he guarantees a playoff spot next year, but I think he's and and he said it too in his interviews and, and media session before the opening ceremonies, and Kane said it too. But they, they both are pretty excited about where the Blackhawks are at right now and the additions that they've made in the offseason and where it's all going to go. So, like I said earlier, too, like I just had, I was telling Megan this yesterday as we're driving home, I just have a really good gut feeling about this season. And I'm someone that really does go with my gut and I'm someone that really does trust that. And I just, over over the course of the weekend, I just kind of felt like there was a different fire under these players. Like they, they, they seem not, not ever, not like they don't seem fired up every single year to get going around training camp time but this year just seems a little different I think missing the playoffs two years in a row really leaves a bad taste in your mouth especially what they've done over the past decade so I think I don't know I just have a really really good feeling about this season based on how the players were at the convention this year I was gonna say like they just seemed I don't want to say they seemed frustrated but it, it it's like almost, motivating them. It's like fuel almost. Yeah, they're like, this is ridiculous. We're, we can't do this anymore. This We're not going to do this anymore. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how the season goes because, I mean, as much as I, you know, rat on Stan Bowman and the front office, um, <laughs> I think they, you know, Stan Bowman's done an okay job this summer as far as getting 
some talent that I think they need and I, I, a lot of the panels touched on it and a lot of the moderators on these panels touched on it but I feel like he did a good job of getting some grit back on this team yes. which is I know a lot of people are like oh but the Blackhawks are a finesse team that's fine you can finesse all you want but at the end of the day if you don't have guys that are going to go into the tough spots you don't have guys that are going to hit guys really hard but also can score goals. But all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like Shaw. That's yeah. literally Shaw. He's a dual-edged knife. He can yeah. do both yeah. really well. And I think even some of the other guys, like Dahan isn't going to score you a bunch of goals, but he's a stay-at-home defenseman. He's going to defend. He can set guys up really yeah. nicely. I mean, he had, like, what, 40 north of 40 assists, yeah, right? He, yeah, he definitely sets guys up. And he's to me, he's kind of, if you're going to compare him to another Blackhawks player, he's kind of like a Duncan Keith type where he doesn't score, like, a bazillion goals, but he'll score a couple that are, like, really important. And, right. Um, he'll get a bunch of assists. Um, you know, but he also has some grit. I mean, he's not afraid to slam into guys and to rough guys up a little bit. He's a and big guy. He's a big boy. He's... We'll get into that. He's he's really tall, um, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I I feel different about this team, and I I don't want to say anything because I've said this a couple of years. I know for sure I said it 2015 16 where I was like, this season feels amazing. This is gonna happen. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. Um, but I just I, I genuinely feel good about this one, and I think Stromer said it in the panel today but you know all you have to do is get to the playoffs because you never know what's going to happen I mean look at the Hurricanes they got to the Eastern Conference final nobody thought they'd be there nobody thought they'd be in the playoffs I think Strom said um, he he said once those 16 teams are locked in any one of those 16 can win the cup and they all have a chance an equal chance to do that so and then the last kind of thing that happened at the uh, during the opening ceremonies that I just I, I had the phone out because I was ready because I saw yeah, I, I saw Chris Versteeg get up as Eddie Olchek is behind him and, and Steger's in the front and he's walking to the mic and Eddie Olchek was going onto the mic to, to wrap things up and Steger's like, no, 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 man, I got it. And he uh, did a beautiful rendition of his 2010 Stanley Cup parade rap with uh, a little edit in the middle there. Instead of saying, uh, two girls wearing my jersey, he says, with my wife wearing my jersey. He made sure to make everyone know, hey guys, I'm, I'm, married. I'm a married man now. Uh, so him, just just on Versteeg for a second here, having him around, and we'll talk about it when we get to the, the 2010 panel, but having him back around just feels so good, and it's kind of like a Shawzy thing too. Like It's just someone that you... Like he was sitting at that panel and he was just like smiling or like giggling the entire time. Like he, you can really tell that he's excited to be back and the fans love that he's back, but he's someone that's just always so happy and positive and just hilarious and could just say, he says the funniest stuff. And I'm like, where do you even come up with this? But it it puts such a good vibe on the team. I feel like, and I don't think he's going to play. I mean, if the Blackhawks really get there and they need him to play, he'll play, but I'm pretty sure he signed like a minor league deal, something like that. But I, I just I just loved having him back. It felt so it felt so good. Like it felt just so refreshing. And he was like, I think he was crashing like everybody's signings and oh, he crashed Brad, Johnny's. He crashed Jonathan Taves. He yeah. crashed Shazi. He crashed um, a couple other guys. Just, I just back to his antics. I was gonna say like it just felt I don't know like last year, and I full disclosure I had a great time last year. I was really overwhelmed by all of it because it was my first time going. This time I feel like I was a little bit more. Um, Understanding, yeah, like I knew how the, I knew how things were going to go, yeah. so I, I felt like, you know, we could just do, you know, the things that we actually really, really wanted to do, rather than the things that were like, 
yeah. the big things. Right. Um, you know, if we miss like a panel that we kind of had seen the year before, it wasn't in a, you know, at the end an of the issue. world. But, yeah. um, I don't know. It just, so, these guys just, I don't know. Like, I love having Shazi and Versteep back. Those two, I, it literally feels like it. They're so they're they're both such big messes, just like messes of human beings. We said this. We were watching the the video of Shazi mic'd up, and there was a part when he was talking to Jeremy Carlton, and Carlton was kind of like giving him a look, like, "What did what? I get into? <laughs> what did I just sign up for?" Because Shazi just yaps, yaps, yaps all yeah, day all long. Yeah, all talk. And it's hilarious. It's, just the dynamic of this locker room is going to be really interesting because I think they have a lot of familiar faces. But a lot of also a lot more guys who are just a little bit more open. Like even um, even Calvin Ahan. Like you know, I remember them. I remember there being interviews during the season with the Hurricanes where he would just be straight up. Like he does not hold the back. Yeah, he does not hold anything back. Right. Like with the whole like Warren Fogle, T.J. Oshie thing in the playoffs. Right. He was really quick to be like, social media sucks. It's toxic. Yeah. Like, blah 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 blah. And I'm like, you're on social media, but okay. Um, <laughs> I love you, Calvin. <laughs> Pick and choose your battles. But yeah, and it's it's just I don't know it. They all just seem, like, different, and it feels like a team that's maybe going to be a little bit more fun than teams in the past couple of years have been. I feel like it's been very serious, very, like, we're going to do everything this certain way, and it's going to be... And not like that's bad, but also, like, I think you do need... The entertainment factor. Yeah, and Kane touched on that a lot this weekend as well, that he's an entertainer, and they're here to entertain and and give the, the fans what they want, and it's... Like like we said earlier, the criticism is that you're trying to bring the band back together, and it's not they don't play the same as they used to. But I think even even to bring them back, just to have them as like like if Versteeg ever was to be called up, locker room guy, because yeah. when they when they were talking on that 2010 panel. They were talking about how close the team was and how how well they all got along, but they all played pranks on each other and they all kind of had fun and they did and they did stupid stuff and like Seabrook and Sharp talk about wrestling each other and doing UFC nights. Like it's, I, I feel like today's NHL has gotten very to the point where teams are like, with the exception of especially last year with the exception of the Carolina Hurricanes because you really did see them be silly and I really think that was good for the league, but they. The, the teams have been very. We need to be focused. We got to grind all year. That's it's all about getting to the playoffs. But like, I, I think you forget that it, it is a game, and you're playing a game, and you're an entertainer, and you need to just let loose and have fun sometimes. And I think that's it. it just brings such a good vibe to the team that it's like, okay, we got some guys that can crack a joke. That say, some guys like, that can mess around with each other. Like I don't. I touching on the Hurricanes really quickly they're, because they're a perfect example. I mean, I really don't think they would have gotten as far as they did if they took themselves seriously. Yes. I really don't. Yeah. And I mean, they took their game seriously, right? but they didn't take each other seriously. Well, once they it was over, themse- yeah. then it was like, okay, the game's over. Like, we can yeah. do our we can do our storm surge yeah. and we can have fun and we and can show kids that, hey, playing in the NHL's fun. It's a job, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah, and I, I, I genuinely think, like, what you were saying, like, you need those team-building things. I know Sharpie and Seabrook were talking about um, going to Alcatraz and going to and Burrish actually I think it was Burrish and Sharpie yeah. not Seabrook and Sharpie um, but they were talking about like in between series during the playoffs that 20, 2010 year like they took tri- like took tri- team trips and they kind of just hung out even out like outside of hockey without 
thinking about it. Like yes. it was just like they're so tight. With, yeah, yeah. And I don't. And we need that. I don't think there's ever going to be a team as no. tight as that 2010 team. But that's what you need to win. That's why, like, I'm kind of with Johnny. I don't fully buy into the whole blues thing, but it's fine. Um, it's not fine. It's never going to be fine, but it's fine. We're going to bring um, this up in 20 years, and Megan's going to, like, have just, like, she's uh, going to dissociate. And I just am. I, I literally. <laughs> black it out. You're going to black it, block it from your memory. I need to do that because <laughs> at this point, it's it's getting to the point where I get, I think about it, and I get so irrationally mad about it. Like, this is so Like, dumb. Megan, we've all moved on. It's, it's yeah, over now. Yeah, it's been a month and a half, and everybody else has moved on, and I'm like, Wow, the Blues effing suck. I hate the Blues. They shouldn't have won the Stanley Cup. Um, but, yeah, I I think it does really take, like, a, a close-knit team because if you're not out there, Chemistry, know, man. Yeah, like, if you're not out there fighting for the guy next to you, you're fighting for yourself, you're not going to win. Yeah. It's just not how this sport works. And if any of you want an example of that, go watch Miracle because that's her Brooks number one thing is it's team chemistry. You can you can throw all of the best superstars on the ice and you can throw together dream teams, but they're never going to work if they're not all buying into your system, buying into each other and buying in for the one goal that you want that you you want to win the Stanley Cup, you want to win an Olympic gold exactly. medal. That was his number one thing is that we we can we can have all the superstars in the world that we want, but we're not going to win anything if our team doesn't have a chemistry and they don't they, they're not tight and they they don't flow together very well. And I think, like you said too, with the familiarity, it'll be a good thing. But after the opening ceremonies ended, Megan and I decided to go on the left side of the stage. We were on the right side last year, and the left side of the stage included uh, a mini stage that was kind of in the back that was for uh, Sports Talk Live on NBC Sports Chicago with uh, Pep Boyle and Charlie Romeliotis again. And we were walking out, and I we were we were trying to just remember who was the one who said it, either me or Megan. But one of us turned around, and, and Seabrook was sitting up on there doing an interview. And I, as I mentioned earlier, I went and I bought the Seabrook jersey. And when you buy a jersey from the jersey store uh, at the convention, you got either a Brent Seabrook or a Calvin DeHaan scratch and win. And I got DeHaan. We didn't win. Um, we didn't win the. We didn't win the Brent Seabrook one, but. He was sitting up there, and I, and I had my jersey, and I was like, okay, well, he's going to come down these stairs eventually, and he's going to have to walk backstage, so I'm just going to hold my jersey up, and I don't know, I'll be like, hey, see, bro, this is cool. We forgot Sharpies, so I was I like, this is, a really good, this is a really good situation that we're in, but he ended up walking down off the stage, and he starts signing for people, and we were like, oh, it's happening? It's happening, and... We met Brent Seabrook. <laughs> yeah, he was he was super nice. And he what's was. funny is that so we had to ask somebody for a Sharpie and because I he was already kinda leaving and I didn't wanna I didn't wanna leave with nothing. Right. So and you had the Sharpie and I, I was like, whatever, I'm just gonna ask for a picture. So I asked him to take a picture and he's like, Yeah, sure and took a picture and then you stepped down right next to me as soon as you took it and had him sign your jersey and um, I took a picture, you know, took a couple of pictures while you were getting it signed, but he was super nice, and um, he definitely didn't have to stop and, and sign stuff, but right. um, I think you had said that you had heard, like... I had heard that, at, like, at some points that he would not stop for people or he wouldn't really sign sign stuff, so I was really happy that he did because Me Megan and I were talking at lunch today, but... We were trying to guess each other's top five favorite Blackhawks players, and Brent Seabrook is number two for me behind Jonathan Taves, and he was one of the first people in in that 2009-10 season when they did win the Cup the, for the first time that my dad my dad pointed out all those players to me that year and really introduced me to hockey, and that's kind of when I got into it, and Brent Seabrook for every big moment that I remember being a Blackhawks fan since then, 
Brent Seabrook has been involved in some way, shape, or form, and he's a really important guy to me and a really important guy to a lot of people in the city that are fans of the Blackhawks, and there are, there are their fair share that don't like him, but he... I, we, we we went to the grand ballroom which is kind of a, it's it's adjacent to the to the intercontinental waiting for the last panel and I'm just sitting on the stairs and I'm looking at it and I, I facetimed my mom right away my mom and dad were in Nashville this weekend and I facetimed them and they were all screaming so excited and I was I was just smiling I think for a good hour like I I felt so giddy I almost cried I was like this is like and, and I was really upset too because neither of us won a scratch and win and I was really upset about it because last year it was everyone wins something and be it like it's like we won I mean not this is gonna sound bad <laughs> not I, I'm not trying to be mean here but we won probably like the like lowest level one right because we won the one with Cam Ward and Chris Kunitz the two right. of you guys that yes. a lot of people probably didn't know or didn't know very well I was excited because we got Cam Ward obviously. Um, but, and I like Chris Kunitz. I don't have anything against Chris Kunitz, but <laughs> out of all the options, like that was the one that I was like least excited for, but yes. it was fun anyways. But yeah, like this year I, I was kind of upset about the way they did it at first because it, even when I was going up to get registered, I didn't really think it didn't sound like a lot of people won stuff anything. yeah yeah I mean because even I mean I've seen some of them on social media and stuff and I heard some people saying like oh I got Strom or oh I got Kane or whatever but it didn't seem like I don't know it's just a weird way of doing it I don't know if they had more people this year or something or right well and that was and I, and I was really upset and I I called my mom and I was like I'm at the convention I feel so blessed and grateful to be able yeah. to come to this and not not every fan gets to come out to this and it's it's an expensive event and it's it's ta- it's like it's you, you got to pay for parking and you got to pay for food and if you're staying in the hotel like it's 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 a blessing to be able to afford to go and I was trying to get into that mindset and I I I, I had heard a couple people around me like oh I got this and on social media people were saying and I was like man I I was just I was jealous and that and people, it's a normal yeah. human emotion to feel and my mom was like listen everything happens for a reason like something's going to happen this weekend that's totally going to change that for you there's a reason why you didn't want to scratch and win like something's going to happen and that was about an hour before the the opening ceremonies happened and then I bought a Brent Seabrook jersey and I met Brent Seabrook so that was kind of to me it, it made it just totally turned around the whole weekend and I was like I was like I don't, I don't care that I didn't win a scratch and win like that was something so silly and, and minor to be to be even remotely upset about but I it was it was a moment for me that I was like this is it, it makes being a fan and going through all the bad years and and through all of the players that have been recycled through the system and it made it so worth it because you get to look one of your favorite players in the eye and say thank you and good luck and like with the upcoming season and it was it was really really cool and I'm just I'm that that was like the highlight I think that'll be like the highlight of the year the highlight of the summer like yeah I that was just really cool I like your point of like trying to you know ground yourself a little bit because I was really upset when I didn't win anything Mm -hmm. just because of the way they did it last year where so to put it in perspective for those of you who may not have heard this story, I last summer when I got my tickets, I bought them separately from you, yeah. Shay. And for some reason, I don't know if I put my address in wrong or I don't know if I had them. I just moved, so I don't know if I'd sent them to the wrong address or what, but I never got my ticket in the mail. I never got my pass in the mail like you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like, you can just call them and tell them to put it at will call instead, which is what I did. But last year they had... 
a thing where if you like you were sent your pass and you got a scratch and win from your pass mm-hmm. well I didn't get that because I never got my pass so yeah. when I got there I'd already missed out on one you registered online yeah yeah and I, I remember that you I didn't do that this year sure. yeah so, I couldn't do that, and so when we got there, I was like, okay, well, I'll still win, you know, one here. At least one, yeah. And then this year rolls around, you got the tickets, but they didn't, the passes, but they didn't have, like, the The online registration registration again, which I was already, like, kind of bummed out, because I'm like, well, crap. Yeah. (laughs) It's already something I'm missing out on that, like, I missed out on last year, too. And then, um, on top of that, like, I, I... I don't know if I just, like, misread something or whatever, but I was under the understanding that, like, everybody won something. Yeah. And, and they, they made all- it really well-known last year, too. Like, they made, they made a big yeah. deal out of being, like, everyone is going to win something, and I clearly remember that from last year. Like, even, like, honestly, I would have been happy if they'd given me, like, a stupid gift card or something, but right. it's, fi- it's fine. Right. It's absolutely fine. Because um, I, I like the way that things played out. But right. it's... It was frustrating from the get-go, and I was like, am I going to have a bad weekend? Like, is this not going to be fun for me? And it, I mean, ultimately, obviously was, but I, after I said that, and I talked to my mom, um, I can't remember if it was Friday night or Saturday morning, but I talked to her, and I was like, like, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm trying really hard to have a fun time, but it just kind of sucks because, like, the kids in front of me got the cane one, which yeah. is really the scratch. I mean, that's the one I wanted. Right. And, um, which, again, like, it's fine. Like, it's a chance thing. It's fine. Right. Um, but my mom was like, Megan, like, it's, you'll go other years. Like, this isn't going to be the last year you go. It's not like, it's not like any of these guys are retiring or never coming back. Right. Like, you, you saw them last year. You'll see them this year, like, up close. Right. Which you don't get to do. And then she was also like, you also have a puck from Patrick Kane, so, like, don't... Right, like, he doesn't throw He doesn't throw pucks just to everybody. everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and when, after I talked to her, I was like, all right, like, I need to think about this. And I ended up scrolling through, I don't remember which social media site, but I'm friends with a couple of people who live in different countries who are Blackhawks fans. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, for them, like, they were just excited to be able to follow it online. They were like, on oh, my YouTube, God, there's a yeah. stream. And I'm like... I could be sitting at home watching this like I have been the past couple years and not there. There. Like it's a lucky opportunity. It, like it, it really is. is. And, mean, and we were talking about it too. We mentioned it I think on day 2, which we'll get into here in a second, but I think you mentioned it that um Oh, I just lost my train of thought. What were you just saying? I was talking about like other people who live in other countries who can't watch it and they watch it on the stream and I was excited cuz I had never like I get to go and I hadn't gone in years past. Oh my gosh! I I totally I literally like I I felt I felt the 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 thought just leave, leave. my head. So um, that yeah that's oh my gosh what was I what, what I this is this is so gonna bug me. You were just talking about how you can't watch it. Oh man. I can't remember what I was going to say, but... We'll come back to it. We'll come back. We'll come back to it. Let's finish up day one here, uh, because we have been talking for like 40 minutes on day Oops, one. This is going to be a long one, guys. And day, two, day one wasn't even the longest day. No, but, it sure wasn't. Um, the, there was a new panel that they showed on Friday after the opening ceremonies, an hour after they had ended, the Blackhawks Variety Show, which was really fun. They had a couple moderators, and they came up, and uh, they played different... They played Fan Feud, and they played a different other other game show games, but that was with Patrick Sharp, Adam Burrish, Kendall Quinn. Schofield, uh, Jim Cornelison, 
Connor Murphy and Brian Campbell. Uh, that was pretty fun to see. And the one like with that, one. that and also is also Stroman to bring it. We're on that one. They played the second game of yeah, the night. So it was it was three games. It, they played Family Feud first, and that was with um, that was with Sharp Burrish Coin. Cornelison, Murphy, and Soupy, I think. Yes. I think. And then they played um, Jeopardy with two Blackhawks fans who were so oh, bad. Right. Oh, that was so bad. So bad. Megan and I were sitting there answering, like, every, question. answering every question. But they weren't hard. It's like, who won the call there in 0708? It's like, like who? <laughs> just say Patrick Kane for every answer. Right. Like, you'll, you'll probably get 50% of them right. Um, but yeah, so it was two fans for that one. And then I think for. The third one is the pyramid game. Yes, with that uh, was with Dylan Stroman to break yeah, it. Yeah, which was really funny. That was pretty funny, and I liked that a lot. And, and something else that started off on the first day, and it really it really carried through through the weekend was there was just a ton of social media content. And if you're not following the Blackhawks on, on Snapchat, for sure they were on this weekend. Uh, they do a lot on Instagram and Twitter as well. But the the content like they mic'd Shazi up like they did at the I want to say it was the 15 convention uh, they they mic'd him up again and that was really funny they had a lot of stuff with a lot of the older guys Taves uh, Seabrook and Kane there's a lot of good pictures there they also did a lot with the prospects which I really enjoyed they did a lot with like Boquist and Twistle uh, Chad Chris they had Nicholas Badan there as well and That's Kirby cool. Doc right and also, just all weekend, we'll get to it on the about the panel that we saw today. But just they really honed in on the whole Stroman to bring it bromance thing, and oh, it really it just so funny. it really just it they're really like, just butters my toast. I love they're, it. They're really just try, they're out here trying to make that like the biggest best thing, which it is. And I think they're especially their Twitter. I think the Blackhawks social media team is really kind of turning a corner. In terms of their Twitter, I think, I, I mean, I've seen it everywhere, but Twitter for sure, because if you look at different accounts across the NHL, like the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Colorado Avalanche, for example. The Golden Knights. Golden Knights, the Hurricanes. I feel like the Golden Knights kind of started the whole thing. Maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets did, and I then it kind of jumped blue, in. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they're very, like, they're Meme. very about the, the millennial style. Like, they do a lot of memes, and they, and it sounds so weird to, like, pick out these little things, but they type in all lowercase. Like, they, they really do, and they, they use, like, slang that the kids use now and, and they really it do a lot to like, more, like it, this is not to be like I don't the, know what the here's, is, here's the like thing the Leafs don't do this like there's yeah. there are teams for sure in oh, the right, league that and, don't do it no and um, even like sorry Leafs I love like you, I but. remember my friend in college complaining that the Rangers Twitter and like Instagram and stuff was always so serious and so yeah. like yeah. writing in caps and with perfect grammar and all this stuff and sometimes it's just Sometimes you do need that. Like, sometimes there are situations where it needs to be serious. And obviously, teams and organizations know that. But it's just nice to have a social media team that's like finally kind of coming around and making it fun again because. We're, we've we've spent like every night this week watching Blackhawks TV like old videos. Yeah. And I miss those. And they started kind of doing fun ones towards the end of last season with like the. I don't even know what. I don't even know what it was, but like the one where like a kid taught Dylan Sturm how to break dance. Oh, that was a partnership with uh, one of the financial banks that yeah, they have. And like Delia making like, a sandwich. How, yeah, Delia <laughs> learned how to like do ballet or something. Yeah, and like those are funny. Like you, that's what fans want to see. Exactly because like these guys have personalities, but you don't see it on the ice all the time unless right. you're like PK Subban or like. Someone who's very Somebody, flamboyant yeah. with their personalities and like very, yeah. very extroverted with it on the ice. Yeah. yeah. But that was that was something that was really fun and I and I really enjoyed that all weekend. But let's move on to day two. So 
the first the first thing I want to say here is last year at the convention uh, we went with a group of other girls who I was formerly friends with but we're not friends anymore but one of them did something really really nice for me and she won a Jonathan Taves autograph session on her scratch and win and she went and got my I'm, I'm looking at it right now in my basement she went and got my winter classic Jonathan Taves jersey signed by him during the session so basically she she gave up her autograph for me to be able to to get my one of my favorite my my favorite player not one of them but my my all-time favorite player uh, to sign it and that was something that has stuck with me and even though we're not friends anymore it's something that still really touches my heart because it was such a kind gesture and she really didn't have to do that or offer to do that and uh, it's something that I'll that I'll remember forever and it was it was really kind and I I bought the jersey yesterday and I I got the I got the scratch off and I and I'm really excited about Calvin DeHaan coming to play here. I think he's a great player, great person. But I know that Megan had watched him grow up in Carolina and and play there, and and that's one of her favorite players for sure. And her sister Olivia loves him. And I Megan went to go get a snack, and so I went kind of run around the corner and I sat down and I called my mom and I was like, Mom. I know that this this person that I was friends with, I know she did this for me last year, and it, it really went a long way, and it really meant so much to me because it was just such it was something that was so kind, and it wasn't necessary, but they did it anyway. And I got this scratch and win for Calvin DeHaan, and I was like, you know, I, I'd love to meet him, I really would, but I think it would mean more to Megan if she would if she'd be able to meet him. And I was like, do you think it's a good idea if I just give her my if I give her my scratch and win, and she can go and meet him instead? And my mom was like. Uh, it was it was something that was hard for me because just thinking about the girl I was friends with, uh, the way it ended was a little rough and, and it really took a toll on me and it, it really hurt me for a long time. But for me to be able to look back on it and, and get something positive out of out of it and kind of pass that along and and do something that someone else did for me and I know how it made me feel. Um, that's kind of what I, what I wanted to do for Megan. So she got to meet Calvin DeHaan on Saturday, which is super exciting, and she got to get a selfie with him. But before that, while she uh, while she was down there meeting him and, and getting all that cool all those cool selfies and everything, uh, I was at the on the clock panel at 9 a.m. with Kirby Doc, and I loved that on the clock with Kirby Doc. And we uh, love rhymes and on this podcast, you guys. We do, and that was with Mark Kelly, who is the head of amateur scouting, and Eric Lear and Grace. I forget her last name, but it starts with an A. She's with Banner Collective, uh, the company that the Blackhawks collaborate with to produce all of their digital content on their YouTube channel and everything. And uh, it was. I forget who it was. It was moderated by... Uh, uh, it wasn't moderated by Weidman. I forget who... Oh, it was moderated by this guy, Kenny A., I think his last name is. He is the head of digital production with the Blackhawks. Um, but that one was really insightful, and we got to see the final edition of the On the Clock uh, series that they did with the draft and drafting Kirby at third overall. And we kind of got a cool insight on, on how the draft works and how the scouting department for the Chicago Blackhawks really try to hone in because they really they really hammered home the fact that they really really thought they were going 12th and Mark Kelly said it in the video he said we all of a sudden we get the third overall pick and we got a whole new pool of guys to, to choose from because at the point in time when they're picking there's only two guys off the board and they know which top two are going to be gone for sure so it was it was it was really cool to see how they make those decisions and how they all collaborate on that collectively and uh, where it goes from here with Kirby Doc and his development and everything like that, but he seems like a kid that that's got a really good head on his shoulders and and someone that is ready to make the jump within the next year or two here. And 
that was really exciting. And then Megan met Calvin Hahn, and she came back. And then... Megan's favorite panel of the entire week, and I can let her take this one here. Uh, we saw Patrick Kane's panel. My next guest is Patrick Kane with Bob Verdi. So, Megan, you can go ahead and talk about that one because that was your that was your favorite one of the weekend. Yep, and I'm going to talk about Calvin Ahan just for a hot second. Oh yeah, um, he's the nicest person. So I got up there and I'd been watching other people like take pictures, even though they tell you since it's an autograph session that you can't take pictures. So. I've been watching all these people take selfies and, like, have their parents take pictures of them or whatever, and I was like, all right, I'm going to be ballsy, and I'm going to ask for a selfie. I'm just going to do it. Like, what could go wrong? This is what happens when Megan gets with me, guys. She starts making ballsy decisions (laughs) like she never would, and I'm so proud of her. (laughs) You definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone. I'm like a proud mom. Um, Oh, dude, every signing of players after, like, going yeah, up on stage, like, I'm, like, me. I'm like, Megan, no. get in there. Um, but, yeah, so I get up there, and I was like, hi, like, i from Raleigh, and I, um, you know, I came all the way up from Raleigh, and I've been watching you, me and my sister have been watching you play in Carolina, and he's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, I told him it was really good to have him here, and um, good luck next season. And then, like, last minute, I was like, can we take a quick selfie? He's like, yeah, of course. And... Y'all, he is very handsome. Very handsome. I saw. I I didn't know how good looking he was until I saw him on the red carpet, and I looked at him and I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, I didn't know it's, that. You know, it's, it's really something, right? Especially because last last season, I think he got two black eyes. Like, I think he got yeah. a black eye in both of his eyes separate times. Yeah. Um. He's also had other like various injuries and stuff. I'm like. Still a good-looking dude, Calvin. Well, and he just got engaged, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good for him. Congrats yeah. to him and his fiance. Yeah, so um, I was very excited to meet him. But, yeah, so about about Kaner. So this is always, I say always, like I've gone multiple times. Um, last year, this was my favorite panel, and I knew it was going to be this year, too, because um, last year was cool because I had JR on it, too, and JR is one of my fa- my mom's favorite players because right. she's – that era. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I like JR fine, like, don't get me wrong, um, but the the idea of having a completely caner panel was, like, Ooh. music to my ears. Ooh, an hour-long session, yeah. too, an hour-long yeah. panel. Um, with some, some tech, like, technical difficulties, oh. but it was really funny. Bob Verity oh. is amazing, you guys. Honestly, if you have not watched that panel, you need to. He is so funny. I just, I think he's just gotten to the point where he doesn't care anymore. He's he's old enough to lose his filter yeah. and it be like totally yeah. like normal. It was amazing. He was throwing chirps left and right. I was oh, like, Bob, it was so good. But Kaner is just, I think. What's funny is that last year with the panel with Jr. It felt scripted. Yeah, it felt a little scripted. It felt a little like this is what we're going to talk about right now. Blah blah blah. This one was so off the cuff. I can't tell you how many times that Kaner said funny story about that. Or this one time. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave us these, like, little insights that I don't know that he's ever shared before um, in a public setting. Well, and we talked about, tell him about the, the wrist. Yeah, so that was my favorite story of all of them. And he was saying that, I think when he was, like, 10, I think is what he said, he eight. broke his wrist. Yeah, like, eight, eight, yeah. yeah. When he was younger. Yeah. He broke his wrist, and he'd already been playing hockey, and it was in the middle of the hockey season that he broke his wrist, and they had to put a cast on it and I think the doctor I think he said that the doctor said he could do like light work but obviously since he was in a cast he wasn't going to be able to yeah he wasn't going to be able to like you know do any wrist shots or anything so his dad helped him work on his backhand and he started working on his backhand and uh, yeah I was going to say I think it was was because of that flames clip where he knocked it yeah yeah 
Um, that amazing so, goal. It was at the end of the year. It was in January, I believe. If yeah. any of you haven't seen it, he the the tightest space on the short side of the goalie, and he decides to go bar down, which yeah, is it was, ridiculous. We'll link a, it. We'll yeah, link it. it was such a good goal, and um, I uh, I just thought that story was sweet. And when he, I think when he he said when he got the cast off, the doctor said you have to rest it for two weeks, like you mm-hmm. can't do anything. And his dad was like, no, put the cast back on. He, <laughs> It'll heal the cast. Yeah, like you could at least play with the cast on. But I thought that was. Just a, like, nice insight. You don't... Kinner's not really, like... I don't I don't want to say he's a private person. He kind of is. I mean, a lot of the Blackhawks players are, like... Especially the guys that don't have a whole lot of social media, like... Right. Patrick Kane. Brent he just Seabrook, Twitter. Duncan Keith. Um, like, the core guys, really. I mean, right. Corey Crawford. They're like, older, too. I yeah, think that's why. A lot of the too. younger I guys are in They just in don't have it. any... I mean, they have Twitter, and Johnny has Instagram. But, the, like, the core guys just don't have... Really, a platform. Duncan Keith sometimes tweets. Patrick Kane sometimes tweets. Patrick Kane twi- p- tweets like three times a year, and yeah, it's like a national holiday. Like he is. tweeted today, and I was like, "Kane tweeted everybody." Um, <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure. Um, but you know, to get those like little insights into their lives is just kind of. Even we'll talk about it, but even like the leadership panel with with Sharpie and Seabrook, it was yeah. kind of nice to just. Or I'm sorry, Mr. Biscuits. Um, <laughs> Sharpie kept calling him Mr. Biscuits. Such a good nickname, is what I'm calling him forever. <laughs> um, that's a nice goal by Mr. Biscuits. Um, oh man, it's just iconic. Anyways, back to Kaner. Um, it was just nice to get like those little insights of like, especially him growing up because. It's clear, and it, I think it always has been, how much hockey means to him, how much yeah. it always has meant to him, and to get those little stories and little little peaks inside of peaks. Oh, I see what you his, did there. Inside of I his, see what you did there. His childhood is uh, it was kind of cool. I, I really enjoyed it, and Bob Verity is just so funny, and he he asks questions that I think are unique. Yes, um, they're not the generic cookie cutter questions like, that you'll yeah. get. But I think too, going off of that. You mentioned something about him, like, just going off on tangents. And I think that's why I love the convention and why in the last, especially this year, as opposed to the last two years that I've been attending, I've really focused on going to the panels and listening to what the players say because I've realized that, yeah, meeting players is great and it's a cool way to connect with the players that you see on the ice. But I think what's really cooler to me is that these guys do have – they have a ton of knowledge on the game. They love to talk about how they started in hockey, especially Kaner because he has a ton of stories about his childhood. But I think it's it's a side of the players that you're not you're, you don't see it all during the regular season. You can see them in scrums, but they're talking about hockey and some of their charity events. They talk about themselves, but this is really about them as people and. The Blackhawks really, as an organization, really try to hone in on that because they understand that for 82 games a year plus the playoffs, you're going to see these players play hockey, and that's that's the brunt of what they do. But they also understand that there is another side of them. They are people. They have families. They have outside lives. They 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 love to talk about those kind of things, and I think they really like try to just hone in on okay, let's we can talk about hockey and let's talk about hockey, but also let's talk about you and let's let's find out about you. Let's talk about yeah. topics that are kind of like the Blackhawks leadership one, and we can get into that one now because I thought that one was amazing. It was that one in the 2010, the 2010 Stanley Cup panel were tied for my favorites, but the leadership panel for sure, that was with Brent Seabrook, Patrick Sharp, John McDonough, and Rocky Wirtz. It, it really gave you an insight on the topic of leadership, and that's something that you can see You can see a letter on a sweater. You can see the C on Tave's sweater. You can see the A on Seabrook and Dunks, but 
And even Sharpie when he... Right, but and you can see how they lead on the ice, and you can kind of get a glimpse of it in the locker room when they do scrums and stand up, and they have to talk to the media after a bad game. Sharp really, I mean Seabrook really touched on that one, but like they they, they took it deeper. They said, okay, this guy Marion Hosa doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it, it, it carries weight. And John McDonough and John McDonough was a very. I wouldn't say he, I wouldn't put it as like aggressive in a bad way, but he knows what he's looking for and he knows what he wants and he, he gets it and he's been successful with it. And it's something that you don't really like in, in, after a game, you're gonna be like, Oh, so how did, how did your leadership show here when you, when you helped mentor this player? And I thought that like, that's why I love the convention is that you get to talk about topics that you don't really normally get to talk about with these players and get to see that side of them. And I think they're really excited to do that too, because it's like, well, they see me play hockey, but do they know me as a person? Like, exactly. not like deep, but like surface level. Like, do they know me? And maybe if I can throw in a funny story here or there, that'll really get them going. Like Patrick Kane told a ton of different side stories, and the the leadership one was just I I literally I told Megan I was like I think I'm gonna go home and try and find this the, the stream that they did on YouTube and, and take notes because everyone knows like it's it's my dream to work in hockey and it's my ultimate dream to work for the Blackhawks and I was like okay this is what John McDonough's looking for I'm gonna be that person and I think too that one I really I really connected with because when I was in when I was in high school and I played volleyball my my last year of of playing I was one of the co-captains on my team and I would have to go up and and do the coin toss and I would be on the court for all six rotations all game and that was something that was really, really, really important to me. And I, that's why I, I feel such a connection with Jonathan Taves because during that year, I really, I really went back and I studied him and I looked at how he leads on the ice with his teammates. I looked how he leads off the ice with his teammates, how he carries himself away from the team. And I'm not a professional athlete at any level. It was literally just playing high school travel sports and and it wasn't anything where I was I had offers to go on and play but I, I was just too banged up too so I didn't but I, I really I really took time and I have journals filled with little tidbits and Johnny did this during this game and, and, and I even talked about Seabrook and Sharp and Duncan Keith and all of them and I, and I really honed in on them as leaders and I, I think I and, and it, it does you can't build a leader but it also has to be a little bit of your personality it has to be a little bit of your person and they were mentioning we want someone that's fiery and competitive and if you know me I am competitive about every single thing that I do and um, I I really connected with that and that was just something that really like I, I really I, I thought back to my time when I was playing and I just I, I really connected with that and I thought it was a really really cool and different panel that we got to see from them that we this weekend it was kind of funny too because i that's full transparency here it's not one of the panels that i was like yes let's go yeah um but it had sharpie on it and seabrook and i was like cool great yeah um and i knew you were excited about it so i'm like yeah like let's let's go right um but i actually loved it like i was yeah. i was impressed with how much i liked that panel um but i mean it, you mentioned obviously like Taves, Keith, Seabrook, Sharpie, but they also, and Kana brought it up in his panel too, but like Patrick Kane's also kind of becoming a leader in the locker room, and I think he probably has for the past couple years. I don't think it's brand new or anything, but um, I thought it was interesting because they there were like a handful of times in different panels where they brought up that like Patrick Kane is 1,000% a leader on this team, Mm -hmm. and I guess it's just funny to me because 
Kaner's always going to be that, to me, he's always going to be that kid with his stupid mouth guard ha- hanging out of his mouth. And it's all I see when yeah. I see him flying up the ice and just chewing like, it. Yard sailing, <laughs> thinking the goal went, or the, well, knowing that the puck went in. Yeah. And, you know, in that iconic moment. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, that panel was just very interesting. And it was something totally different. Yeah, it was something that I feel like they didn't really have anything like that last year because I think... They had Keith and Chelios, so yeah, that was the which, defenseman. But that we was like to. more of a defenseman perspective, yeah. not necessarily leadership. Even though both of them, you know, like Dennis right. is wearing an A and Chelios obviously wore the C, but right. um, I don't know. It was just it was good. It was interesting in a way that I didn't expect it to be. Yeah. Um, also, as we mentioned earlier, Patrick Sharp revealed that apparently Brent Seabrook's nickname now is Mister Biscuits. Like, don't I know don't where think- that came from. It came from, but I don't think he like during the. I'm trying to think right now. I don't think at all during the one hour session he called him Brent or Seabrook or Seebs. He maybe called him Seebsy. I think he called him Seebsy a handful of times. But he always called him Mr. Biscuits. I was like, where yeah, is like, this coming from? Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll defer to Mr. Biscuits. I'm like, what? What are you doing? Like, I know, I, I get that it's coming from Seabiscuit, because that's what they, I've heard right. players call him Seabiscuit. Yeah, or just Biscuits. Fine. But Mr.? Ooh, that gives a little like, more dimension to yeah, it. Yeah, he, he's a leader now, Shay, so oh. he's Mr. Biscuit. Oh, because he did remember. take the A from Seabrook yeah. when he I mean, from Sharp when he was training. So they, they have to, he has to honor that now. Mm. That's no new thing. That's, that's, but okay. I, I just. Thanks for clarifying. Also, <laughs> like, really quickly touching on nicknames. Yes. Um, in the Dylan Strome and Alex <laughs> one, apparently John Hayden called guys nick- like every nickname in the book. I think he- Dylan Strome said it was what Cuffer because Cuffer. he wore cufflinks. And I was and like, he buddy. He was, he's like, that's how- <laughs> he's like, yeah, John or Hayden's called me that for like a week. A week. And I'm then like, tr- switched to something else. <sighs> that was, and I love that because I think too. I remember way back I, I saw it in a video or heard it on a podcast somewhere but I, I've, I've always heard that Seabrook was that guy yeah. that Seabrook was the guy that like as soon as a new guy came in you got a nickname from Seabrook and that was kind of like yeah. hey welcome to the Blackhawks here's your nickname kind of kind of thing but to hear that John Hayden was really on that I was like oh interesting because so funny yeah, yeah. Maybe, I guess it'll be interesting to see I, it'll probably revert back to Seabrook I'm guessing oh but, yeah um, I also love that that's just part of the induction into the Blackhawks I'm sure it's not they're not the only team like right. Right. Uh, but part of the uh, introduction is you're getting a nickname. You're getting a nickname. It'll be interesting to see what they do with, let's see, Leonard, DeHaan, Mata. Who else did they get? Quenville? That one's awkward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be cute. You know Q Jr. <laughs> Jr. It was also a little awkward, like, on the red carpet. It was kind of funny. Well, some people were like, Q? Oh, my God. Do we, do we start doing the Q chant again? Like, yeah, what's going on? so funny. Like, it was um, just kind of like a Q. But, yeah, I, I, love the, uh, I love the nicknames this weekend. They were absolutely... Boker. Boker. Docker. Like, absolutely outstanding. Macker. Yeah. What's up with the Urs? Absolutely outstanding. Hockey players are just... Even Shazi talked about um, the mutt as its nickname, which he right. said that he really likes. Yep. Um, so the rat for Dave Bowling. The rat, yeah, yeah. that one, that one's good. It, nicknames are just great, and I feel like there aren't really a lot of like. I'm trying to think of like. I don't think I've ever heard a football player call somebody else by their no. like. Most football players, I feel like, call them by their last name. JJ Watt. Oh, Waddy. Waddy was water. Water. <laughs> Like what's up? It's dude? a very hockey culture thing. I feel like because it, it, it happens all over the league. It is, and I'm trying to think like even like baseball. Like there's some guys like Lorenzo Cain is Low Cain, right? Not really, like 
Yelich is Yelly. Yeah. I mean, I the Cubs don't have, like, um, I mean, the, the biggest one is Javi Baez is Almago. That's the only one I could think of, too. Yeah. Like, Rizzo's Riz. Like, Chris Bryant's KB. But it's not like Wilson's anything. Willie. Like, it's not like anything, like, insane. Crazy. Like hockey. Like, hockey. I call Cole Hamels Hammy. Like, hockey nicknames are just in it's another... It's just a whole other world. Like, like Debrinket is Kitty or Debbie. I hear Debbie. little Debbie or Debbie all Debbie. the time. Oh, it's Debbie. But speaking um, of nicknames, speaking of nicknames, we got a guy who's got a nickname on this next panel, JR, yeah, for yeah, Jeremy Roenick. JR, this yeah. was the uh, Blackhawks Family Feud panel, which I need to humble brag right now. So I 100% contributed to the current player's win because yeah. I contributed two words that they were stuck on. But, so... Let's get through who was on it first. So on the alumni side, you had Jeremy Roenick, uh, you had Dave Boland, Eddie Balfour, Adam Burrish, and Jamal Mayers. And then on the current player side, you got Andrew Shaw, Brandon Saad, Dylan Strom, Brendan Perlini, and Slater Cuckoo. And so they played a round, and then whoever had won um, would play the, the lucky family that was chosen to play the, the family feud. But there were two words, and the first one that I contributed was uh, to something you fill with air, and the room kind of got quiet, like there was like a dull and the screaming, and I just go, floaties! <laughs> and I stood up and and they, I, I, I like distinctly remember looking at Brendan Perlini because he like peeked around Slater Cuckoo's head and just kind of like looked at yeah. me and I was I like... I think he was the one answering. And he just like leaned in and he was like, floaties. Floaties. <laughs> and they're like, do we have floaties on the board? And <laughs> the lady in front of me was like, oh, good one. And I was like, give it to me give it to me and they got it and I got high fives and then the second round when the current players beat the alumni they the it was like a a broadcaster's worst nightmare and same thing it kind of got quiet and I was like something in your teeth I don't know where I think of these things and that one I remember like Slater Cuckoo was looking for for yeah and and he was like something in your teeth <laughs> and so it was good. one on the board and I was like guys I have contributed to this win I, I feel very good about myself you should have won something for that I really should have I um, was like come on can you give me something Pat that, like, that panel was so or I guess it wasn't really a panel I don't know what like a game show right Um, so funny though I I like watching Family Feud to begin with Um, and I just thought it was like ridiculously funny and I thought it was an interesting like mix of guys too. Like, right, old was, new. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It wasn't like a normal. I don't know. It it felt like a nice, healthy mix. Like usually right. they put Strom and Debrinket together, um, but Debrinket wasn't on this one. Shaw and Saad was good. So good. Bring back um, the bring back the bestie boys. I love them. I'm happy that Prendon Perlini and Slater Cuckoo were on a panel because yeah. I genuinely do like both of them. Perlini is one of my favorites. Right. He's just so bubs. Bubs, he's just so (laughs) cute and so pure, and I just—I know I always talk about players being cute, but like I—I do mean it in an attractive way, like physically, but I also mean it in like a personality way. Like he's just—he's happy to be here and and get a fresh start. I feel like yeah, and he did an article with Mark Lazarus. Well, I don't—I think it wasn't like a full article. I don't—not just about him. I think it was just guys in general. But right, he likes things outside of hockey, which is like unheard of. Um, Unless you he, like golf or fishing. Yeah, like he loves <laughs> soccer. He watches soccer because he's from, England. technically he's from England. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it was nice to see, like, a little bit of mix. Like, I feel like yeah. usually it's, like, the huge names that are on those kind of things, or at least right. the really big ones. Right. Um, but it was fun. Like, I even, like, the, the alumni 
guys were funny. <laughs> Dave like, Bowen. Uh, Eddie like, Belfour was funny. Jamal Myers kept saying, like, yeah, they served a hundred people, but it was a hundred smart people. Because <laughs> some of the answers were weird. Right. Um, Jamal Myers is also underratedly funny. I... I think some people are like, oh, no, Jamal's doing, like, the NBCSN. And I'm like, no, I love Jamal. Shut I up. like Jamal, yeah. Um, he's the best. Jammer. Um, every time I think of him, I think of that Blackhawks, like, Christmas sing-along thing. And it's yeah. like, Jack, Jamal, and you'll be sorry. <laughs> um, just so good. Um, Literally the name of it. We were watching that one last night. And the name of it is just Deck Jamal. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Um, but, yeah, it's, that panel was really funny. I don't know what to call it. It wasn't really a panel, but it was, it was like a, a game show. Yeah, it's also, it's just so funny, and I love those year after year. I think Family Feud's a good way to get... The crowd involved. Yeah, the, it gets the crowd involved, but, it, like, the players also are, like, super funny and give out random answers. Well, they're super competitive, too, and they, they actually so want to win these things, so like, it makes it super fun. Like, JR was ready to throw hands yesterday. <laughs> like, yeah. actually ready to throw hands at the new the new Hawks. Yeah. Not the new ones, but the current ones. Right. Um, it's great. 10 out of 10. But the next panel was one that we were both super, super excited for. It was moderated by Chris Cook, who is uh, a, a senior writer for the Chicago Blackhawks. He was with the Blackhawks for a while, went over to cover the uh, the Washington Capitals for the Athletic for the last two seasons, or two or three seasons, I believe, but he's back, and I actually saw him after uh, Shazi was signing stuff, and Chris was standing right there, and I just turned to him, and I go, hey man, I'm really pumped you back, I like your work, and he's I'm really like, excited he's back. thanks! <laughs> but I, I kept following, like, right. I kept following him when he was with the Capitals, Right. I don't mind the Capitals most days, except, you know, the playoffs. Um, Since you know when he's, like, harassing our young players. Yeah, that's really. Okay. It's, it's fine. Um, and their fans are also calling every single Hurricanes fan a redneck, which, mm. just so you guys know, I'm not a redneck. I don't do any redneck activities. Redneckery. Um, I don't do any <laughs> redneckery. I don't, go, I don't go mudding. I don't go fishing. I don't have camo clothing, so shut up. <laughs> um, Megan is offended, guys. I didn't choose to live in North Carolina, okay? It was a given to me <laughs> i was i was forced i lived in milwaukee when i was younger milwaukee. so milwaukee the good land <laughs> quoted from um oh no what is his name oh i can't think of his name right We're now both but, forgetting things. But, it's, but it's from wayne's world yeah um best movie ever by the way um oh crap where is i going with this i don't even know where i was going with it oh chris kook i'm so excited when i found out that he was yeah. coming back because he's he's I great know, i like his writing style and um no, Hawks can always use a couple more beat guys. I feel like lately it's just really... I mean, there, I know there are other guys, but it feels like it's really just been Charlie, Laz, Laz and Scott Powers. Tracy, which, Tracy everyone's And Tracy, too. But now yeah. she's regional in NHL. I was going to say, I think she's... She does a lot she's of the the central games, division. but she's also awesome. But um, but it's nice to have another another guy on the the writing squad. But one thing it. one thing that stood out to me about Andrew Shaw this entire weekend and and since he was traded back here is he's really honed in on the fact that Chicago is the the town that raised him and, and gave him a chance and he said it at the very beginning it was I think he was he answered the first question with this and he said you guys like and I'm paraphrasing here I don't know the exact quote but he said something along the lines of you guys you guys loved me you guys made me feel safe you welcomed me with open arms you yeah. you made me the man I am today and he he's really like hammered home the fact that he is more mature now because when he was here he did make mistakes and he did have a couple moments where we were like Shazi what are you doing buddy but 
he really has matured and he's just I feel like he's just very like everything all the vibes that I got from him was that he's just very grateful and just very honored to be back here and that was something that like he he said that line about like you loved me and made me feel safe and I was like tearing up I was like Andrew this is you you just went from like zero to a hundred in like ten seconds bud it was interesting too because it's really touching he brought it up but other people on other panels I think actually it was Troy Murray on that leadership panel yeah yeah Troy Murray um or no no, no, no. That was John Weidman. That's yeah. John Weidman. Um, but he brought it up saying that, like, Shazi just never looked right in that Canadiens jersey. Just yes. never. It never clicked. When Rocky, he said that, and Rocky was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. He was like, my, my GM made that move, but yeah, okay, John. it's fine. Um, He's like, I, I mean, can't I, comment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Both him and John. But Sharpie and Seabs were like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> terrible. Um, but, you know, even Shazi said that it didn't feel right and that he wanted to be here. He wanted yeah. to play in Chicago. and Made him the man he is yeah, today. Yeah, he, like, never wanted to leave and all yeah. and everything and even he's making fun not making fun of the Canadians but like he could he said that he can't speak French um <laughs> he literally goes Montreal is French I don't speak French really <laughs> funny um and then they I think they ended up talking about like some of the guys that on the team that do speak French like Crow Crawford. And, and Taser they didn't mention Duncan but I'm like I know Duncan Key speaks French well I've they watched. mentioned the guys that like low-key like like I think Chris Cook was like, oh no, there are guys that know French. They just don't lead on that they yeah. know French on the team. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder who else knows French in this in this locker room. I know because like I I actually do like small change from here. I do actually enjoy watching some of the French inter- interviews because I so soothing. First of all, like. I speak a very small amount of French. I can understand it a lot better than I can speak it. Right. Um, plus, it doesn't quite sound right with my, like, weird half-Midwestern, half-Southern accent. Like, yeah. it sounds weird for me to Strange, speak French. Yeah. Um, so I, I would prefer to either read it or write it or listen to it. Right. Um, speaking is not my favorite. <laughs> plus, some of the words are tricky. Um, but, I don't know. Some of those interviews are kind of nice because it's... I feel like those interviews are a lot less cliche sounding yes maybe they're cliches in french but it it sounds just like you i don't know it they're they're just a little bit different than american english yes american like that's a language yes i speak american (laughs) (laughs) like english you know interviews um you just get a little bit more insight and I don't know. I, I like them, and it. I would be interested to know, like, some of the other guys. I can probably make a couple of guesses as to probably who speaks French, but um, it definitely kind of, like, huh, tell me more. Hmm. It's like hmm. Crow, Crow and Johnny are the obvious ones. Right. I thought Duncan Keith was an obvious one, but they didn't mention him, but he definitely speaks French. I've heard him speak French before. Um, so, I don't know. It was... It's just funny the way he brought it up. Like, he wanted... Like, you could just tell that he just didn't want to... Leave. Yeah. And and I don't necessarily want to say he didn't want to be in Montreal, because I think he had a good time there. Right, yeah. But I I don't... I don't think it felt... It sounded like it maybe just didn't ever feel right. No. Or or the same. No, no. And I agree with that. But the next panel that we saw was, I think... I honestly think this one trumps the the leadership one for me. But it's very... It's a very close tie with the leadership one. But this was reliving the 2010 Stanley Cup with Troy Murray. It was moderated by Troy Murray. And it had Patrick Sharp, Dave Boland, Brian Bickle, Adam Burrish, and Christopher Stieg on the panel. And I was telling Megan this, but the... 
that 0910 season was the season where I remember I remember my dad teaching me all, who all the players were and I remember watching I remember watching that season and I remember watching those those playoffs pretty closely and they talked about Hosa Hosa's uh, five minute major in a game four of the first round against the Nashville Predators when he jumped out of the box in overtime and scored and was the was the hero and there were there were so many ended the the two neat slide fist bump Sally and there that that was if for me it was kind of the start of my hockey fandom I have been a baseball fan we've talked about this before I've been a baseball fan my that's what I grew up on and for for me, hockey was a little bit later. I was in sixth grade at the time in 2010. But this upcoming season is the 10th anniversary of that Stanley Cup win. So this is why they're doing this. Stan- they did the Stanley Cup uh, panel. They'll also be celebrating all season long. They have five giveaways, bobblehead giveaways of Kane, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, and Hosa. And then they have... They have, I think, 25 giveaway nights or something in, the, in, that, in that range. But... It was something for me that was super nostalgic, and it really brought me back to the roots of being a hockey fan because that year was so, and we talked about it earlier when we started off the podcast, but that team was just so tight, and that team was, and you could you could see it too from, I mean, social media wasn't a huge thing then. There wasn't even Twitter. Um, Twitter came out, I'm pretty sure, in like 09, but none of the players, like 08, 09, but so, none of the players really had it. Yeah, I don't think Twitter was like wildly popular. No. Because I... The only reason I had a Twitter that early was because I'm going to be embarrassed saying this, but because the Jonas Brothers yeah. had a Twitter, and I was like, "Well, I have to follow them." Well, now I need one. Now I have to have. One. It's the only reason I got a Facebook too, because they do those like Facebook Live yeah. things. Um, never use my Facebook anymore. But you're right; like social media wasn't like a really big thing back then. And I, re- I remember when they did that whole they 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 kind of t- touched on it at the very end. But when they did the whole. Uh, the partying thing and they celebrated for like 17 18 days straight the thing that was different with 2010 than it was with 13 and 15 is they you you were able to see on twitter in 13 and 15 where the cup was going to be and in 2010 it was kind of more of a hey we're just going to go to this bar and show up and if the blackhawks are there that's awesome and it it, it kind of within the fans i remember them talking about this on um it was i forget who was talking about it, it wasn't on the panel but the the thrill of it was just having fans like word of mouth be like oh they're they're going they're hitting up this bar right now or they're going here they're going there and there was it was it was a panel that was it ran I think like fifteen or twenty minutes over the allotted yeah, time that it was did. supposed to run, but it was and, and even then it didn't feel like long enough. But they uh, there was a lot of moments of hey you remember that one game or hey remember when we, Chris Versey was like remember when we got plummeted by Columbus that one time and like eight to whatever eight right to and and then other guys would chime in and be like oh yeah that guy scored that game and that guy did this yeah. and it was cool it was really nostalgic and I think a lot of fans really enjoyed that because that was the start of the whole thing but that was that was kind of like that team is like kind of like our baby like that team is like you guys did it for the first time in 49 years you guys are the the ones who brought it back to Chicago in the first place and it was really it was really fun and there were so many good memories like they brought up so many things and I was like oh man I remember that no oh, man I forgot about that and it was I, I I loved it I really did and and guys were just calling each other out Adam Burrish talking about how Joel Quinville just like hated Chris Bursteen oh my god that was so funny <laughs> and also unexpected yeah I just didn't know that I mean I could see it but like right. I, I just 
Also, uh, Burrish calling out the sharks. That was bold. <laughs> oh my god, was that bold? I was sitting there like, Burrish, oh my Burr, god, buddy. dude. <laughs> the sharks on black. Put them on bus. He's like, they don't party. That's why they don't win Stanley Cup. I'm like, dude, that's... <laughs> I was like, maybe that's just a you thing, Burr, yeah, that you want to party in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, um, but you won, the, so it doesn't thing, matter. I know. The, the thing for me is... Um, so I didn't. I I only watched Game Six. I had never. Like, I didn't know of any of these stories. Right. I didn't know. I'd known some of them just from you know rewatching old clips or just being a part of you know being a fan. Right. But I didn't watch any of those games live. I literally. I had just seen Patrick Kane in the Olympics in February that year. February. Yeah. Yeah. Um, January, whenever it was. It was February. Um. So like he like he was the only player I knew in right, hockey. Right. Um, didn't know anybody else. And I didn't know anything really about the sport or how it went or how the game was played or anything. And mm-hmm. um it was just like living through their memories was kinda cool because or going through their memories was cool because I like it's it's a nostalgic thing for I think a lot of people, but for me it was a lot of new information and yeah. just stuff I just didn't know and um it was it was just a cool panel and going back to the bobblehead thing I love that Kaner trip the fact that Sharpie. Sharpie was all pissed off because he didn't get a bobblehead and he's like I had 11 11 goals and 11, 11 assists, assists and I was a plus 11 I'm I led the convention I led the team I led I'm the lead, team I'm leaving the convention <laughs> um he was just, pretty salty. It was really funny. And um, that was the other thing, bouncing from panel to panel. You could tell the guys were just ratting on each other because every once in a while a, a question would come up from a fan, like throwing back to a different panel. It was so funny. Just yeah. 10 out of 10 yeah. this year. Um, but that, that 2010 panel was really cool. And it's a lot of guys that I hadn't really heard from before. Yeah. Like, Versteeg, um, Bickle. Yeah. I mean, I heard from Bickle a little bit. Right. Um, but definitely not Versteeg. Definitely not... Um, Bullen. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really cool to just hear some different perspectives. Obviously, we hear from Sharpie and Burrish almost every single year because neither of them seems to know because how of to course. shut up. Because, of course, um, all they do is just chirp each other. I, which I love so much. Um, they're just, I oh. don't know, it was such a great group. Throwing throwing back on for one second on Sharpie and Burr, something I really wanted to bring up. This was during the family feud and Burr was moderating and Sharpie was on it with this was fan feud on Friday the the variety show and there was one it, they were playing like family feud but it was fan feud it was those three girls and then the family with coin and and yeah. sharp and then Burrish was moderating and the question was uh, <laughs> things you can use to replace your cup so you, you lose your cup oh my god I forgot about that oh my god I forgot about that and so Burr goes alright Sharpie what do you guys got and Sharpie goes up to the mic and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think of, uh, I'm trying to think of things that you could use that the, I'm trying to put myself in Burrish's shoes and I'm trying to think of what he was in things that I could use instead of a cup. And, and I could probably use, you know, like a, a pen cap or, or a band aid. <laughs> I was, an I extra pair of underwear. An extra pair of underwear. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, put him on blast, dude. But like, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. It but. was... That, I forgot about that. That was so funny. I they always kind of do that to each other. Even um, I don't remember who made the comment, but somebody made the comment about Burrish going to Madison 
and like <laughs> about the fact that he drank all the time because for those of you who don't know Wisconsin like University of Wisconsin Madison is literally known for just people just partying all day yeah um especially on game days yeah um and I'm sure Burrish was part of that crowd um <laughs> so it was just funny that people are chirping it was just a lot of chirping this year it like was. I felt like I loved it everybody was put on blast and you know what I really appreciate that because what are two f- true friends if you can't blast each other? Well, and jumping back really quick to the just one last thing on the on the 2010 Stanley Cup one. At the very end, Patrick Sharp dropped a bomb and uh, talked about how Taves in the last the third period of Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final that year, he there was a play where he had torn his MCL and. That's the injury I have right now, and it's not it's not not nice, and it's very painful, and it hurts a lot all the time, and it takes a little while to while well, you don't need surgery to repair it, it it will repair on its own, it it, it takes time, and Sharpie had said if the Blackhawks had won or had lost Game Six and they had to throw it back to Chicago for Game Seven. Taves wouldn't be able to play, and Taves was, I'm pretty sure Taves was, I mean, I don't know if he, yeah, I think he led the team in scoring in the playoffs. He won the Smite that year, and uh, he he was talking about that, and it was just, and they were talking about, okay, so Joel, Joel Quenville didn't want the other, didn't want Philadelphia to know that he had torn it. He threw him out there for the opening faceoff in overtime, didn't play another second, and, and Patrick Kane scored four minutes into the overtime, so it didn't really matter, but I just, like, the, like little tidbits like that that just kind of spark back memories but moving on to the last the last panel of the day on Saturday was the Second City show and that's something I said in my top 10 tips and tricks for the convention on Second City uh, secondcityhockey.com that 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 was something you needed to do and it's so funny every single year and this year they included Andrew Shaw, Brandon Saad, Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, John Scott, and Doug Gilmore and this year, I think has from the three years that I've been going, this is this was probably the funniest one I've seen. Like last year was funny, but I was I was almost in tears laughing last night. I like, was. I was absolutely in stitches laughing at this. Well, you know, you know, it's funny when the actors can't hold oh their scene. Oh my god, I know. They were like, especially the. I, I know we'll touch on all of them, but the one that the narrator the one that stole the show was the John, John Scott, Scott one, Captain Beaver. <laughs> The guy. So where the, is the, the beaver? The narrator was was. You really need to go find it if it's out there somewhere. I think they we'll, streamed it on the YouTube page. We'll, we'll try and find it if we yeah, can. Yeah. Um. But we I, we could try and find a lot of these panels. Um. But this one especially. Yeah. Um. But uh, he was. The narrator was telling him that he like, what's your name? Like, yeah, the detective was the the story, and he was like, and the tech detective's name is, and John Scott had like, I think he was like, <laughs> the narrator's expecting him to say John, right? And and John Scott just goes, over. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, the narrator's like, no, no, your real name. And he goes, Captain. <laughs> and then he's like, oh my god. So the little nod to the All Star game. There. Yeah. So the 
the guy ends up just going, the narrator just ends up going with it. Like, you're not going to get John Scott to budge off of it. Like, and, okay, your name is John. And the whole time, it was just stupid. Like, absolutely. The scene in the bar when he was like, where is the beaver? Where's the beaver? I don't know of any beaver. Where is the beaver? It's so funny. Oh, my God. And I, then the, the part when he had that little gun, too. And oh he was like, <laughs> he's like, well, you can't kill the narrator, so we're going to change the story. Yeah, because the narrator is can't like, the narrator is like, and he points the gun at the person he knows, like, you know you did it. And before you could even finish, John Scott just like <laughs> pointed the gun and the like the little toy gun at the narrator, and oh. they made like a you know a, a gunshot noise, kind of. Yeah, like the little sound um, effect machine. And the narrator, it was just so funny. Oh my god, we're doing it like a subpar job of explaining it, but <laughs> it was so funny. The beaver one just really got me. Just when he leaned, he didn't even lean into the mic because he had it. But beaver. <laughs> Beaver. I just we just needed to let you know, but um, Brandon Sod was also on there, and oh that was God. really funny. He, he was, had to do like a, a bell for yes and a honk for no. They had to talk about his first day in the league, and he's like, "Dude, I don't know. I got up at like nine, was, had an omelet for breakfast. I don't know." He was so funny because he's he's charismatic without really saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. He's very cute, very personable, very like I don't know. He's just, I don't know. He's a nice guy. He's yeah. kind of shy. I feel like like yeah, they asked him help. about his interest, and he's like. I play piano and I like to cook and we were like Zana talk more tell us more he's so cute yeah and um and I don't know he him playing that game was really funny because I don't think he I don't think he fully understood what he needed to do like they kept looking back to like prompt him to be like yes or no bud pick pick a horn or a a bell but he it was it was great and then um what's the other one that was really funny on that one yeah, I can't remember what the other. Oh, they did the the when Kirby Doc and that the, they had to like move oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah, they had to like move them. That was so the the movies. the two actors from Second City could not move unless the player Kirby Doc in this case and the fan volunteer that they had touched wherever they wanted to move. So if they hit the front of their leg, they walked forward. Hit the back of it, they walked backwards. They moved their arms. They, it was really funny. And Kirby Doc just kind of kept making him do stupid stuff, yeah, and like he's like giggling the whole time. Stupid stuff. Um, that was a great. Like I liked that last year too, where it's just right. pure stupid. Um, I mean, I remember laughing really hard last year too because. I think last year it was on Friday night and not Saturday. No, it's always on Saturday. They didn't have anything on Friday last year. Yeah, they did. Remember? Because we, we met Adam Burrish Saturday morning, and we told him that we liked his singing. No, that was Sunday. Because they, they've I always on, done the... I left on Sunday. I left really early Sunday morning last year. They last must have done because I, I know for sure every year it's a Saturday thing. It's always how they end off Saturday night. It's always the end of day two. So there must have been something. They did something because the variety I show was different had, this year, but maybe they did something I different think they last had year. Two different, like, I think they did two different Second City shows. Yeah. I They had to have because I know I remember telling Burrish that I like to sing. I know. Um, but, but anyway. I, it's Either way, it's hilarious. Yes. It's really stupid. Always a good laugh. Definitely if you plan on going to the convention next year. Um, I definitely suggest going because it's Amazing. aside from the panels, it's probably my favorite thing. It's a favorite. Like part. it's it's really funny. Well, and that wrapped up day two, so let's move on to day three here. As we're and entering the uh, hour and a half mark. Yes, yeah, seriously. But the day three was kind of a smaller day, uh, obviously because they're all of the big guys are are gone and gone home. But we started off the day with uh, doing a new activity that they have at the Blackhawks convention this year, which was the emergency goalie escape room challenge, which was really fun and different for us. 
to kind of do and I think it was pretty it was pretty fun we had to well, do some clues to get out and and uh, work together and and solve things and I'm, I'm I'm I love that kind of stuff like a brain a brain power like, brain like games, yeah, yeah brain games and, I love that stuff and I've never I've never done an escape room before yeah neither have I yeah um so I like kind of knew what to expect because there are a lot of Raleigh doesn't have a whole lot to do <laughs> but there are a lot of escape rooms yeah and um they're really cool I I um, obviously, they're all different. I'm sure not all of them are quite like this one, but right. um, it was really fun. And I think the guy ended up telling us at the end that we had like one of the high scores or something. I wanted to know. We did stick around to see where we were yeah, on the the leaderboard, but I think back, but. yeah, I think. But it was fun because the people like I was really nervous to be with the because you're like with people you people. don't know. Yeah. But we were all really helpful, and we all got along really well. Like, that one lady that was with us with the signed jersey all yeah, over, yeah, yeah. she was, they were really helpful, and I was one of the people manning, like, the the, the locks. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, throw out some numbers. <laughs> They're like, oh, try this one, I'm try really, that one. So the whole point of it was that, like, it was an emergency goalie, so, like, their goalie, like, the whole story of the escape room was that the goalie is, like, missing or something or not there, so you have to dress somebody out to put out there so that they can win the game. Um, or at least, you know, not forfeit it. Right. And um, once you get through all of it, you have to put, somebody has to put all this goalie gear on. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we need somebody small. And it was like, like the only small people were like me and this kid. And I'm like, please don't pick me. I don't want to put goalie. <laughs> I don't want to put goalie stuff on. Um, well, he just took it from himself yeah. and just put it on. I didn't even and realize like, he was putting it on. And I was like, yeah, oh, thank well, God. Because the dad was like, well, he can, like, whatever the kid's name was, could do it. I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. Because, <laughs> um, well, because the, there was one guy who was like, well, it needs to be somebody small. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'm glad I didn't because he was taking shots, which would have been fine. Like, I'm, it, it's not like the... Like it's, not like the employee, yeah. it's not like the employees were, like, shooting hard or anything, but, like, right. I would not have made any of those saves. Right. Um, it was super fun, and I kind of like those things, too, like those puzzles and things that make you think a little bit. Yeah. Um, it mm. wasn't, like, overly easy, either, which was nice. No, it was tough. But it it took like us, what, like, 19 minutes? It took us minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but it was really fun, and... Um, I definitely would do something like that again. So I'm glad that they did something. I think this year they were kind of thinking that there's not really anything to do if you're not doing a panel or if you're not meeting somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's something that along with like the VR and then the shooting thing that you did, like the shooting accuracy. Oh, I did the combine, shots. the Blackhawks the combine. combine. Oh my God, that's what it was. I'll talk um, about it after we talk about our last thing that we did. But yeah, it was it was fun, and I like that they kind of you know had other things to do outside of just because mm-hmm. it. it the only the only downside of the the convention is that it is a lot of waiting. Yes, and kind of you know just moving around, around for the next and pa- panel or waiting for the next person to meet or whatever. But um, I I had a good time. Yeah, and after that after that we jumped up to. The Intercontinental Ballroom, or Intercontinental, International, I combined the two. International Ballroom uh, for the Blackhawks Talk Live podcast with Dylan Strom and Alex Dabrinkit, and that was moderated by Charlie, again, friend of the pod, and Pat Boyle. And that one was really cool because you got some you got some stories. They also really honed in on the fact that they're a bromance, but they got some. So Dylan uh, Dylan Strom told the story about how the all of the Iriotters that w- the year they won the OHL championship in 2015 just walked into a local hair salon, a local barber, and was like, "Hey man, can we bleach our hair?" And it's like 20 guys all walking in there. And they're like, yeah. are, you, "Are you sure?" They're like, "Yeah, man, we just want to bleach <laughs> my, our hair." My favorite <laughs> was him talking about like the process of that, like really quickly. But he was like. 
He was like, yeah, like, they sat us in the chair, like, with all the tinfoil and everything, and then, like, the bubble. And he's talking about, like, the hairdryer right. thing. Right. And he's like, he's like, it felt, and then he's like, I don't really know how it felt. And then he thought for a second, he's like, I felt like a girl. <laughs> it was just so You funny. get what we're going through now, but It was so funny. And even, like, the comment, Dylan Strom is just outrageously funny, which I didn't know. Um, but he was talking about, like, kind of bringing Alex to bring it into his friendship with Connor McDavid. Oh, and yeah. They were, I guess they'd asked him if he wanted to go to dinner with them one night. Alex went to the bathroom and Dylan Strom goes, like, he leans over to Connor and he's like, so, like, should we keep him around? Like, <laughs> should, we, should we let him He's little out? and he's American. Well, that's my favorite part. He was like, because, you know, his justification was, like, why maybe not? He's like, he's little... He's American. He's new. We don't know this guy. It was so funny. And obviously, like, you know how the story goes. Right. But um, They're friends, yeah. It was so entertaining. And it's, like we said earlier, it's just nice to get, like, a personality out of some of these guys. Because yes. some of these guys just don't have one. Yes. Like, they do, but they don't. Yes. Um, even, like, making, like, social media comments and stuff. Like, the Blackhawks posted a bunch of pictures from saying, like, like, Thanks, like, for the we awesome again or whatever. And the last picture is this, like, weird picture of Slater Cuckoo staring <laughs> into the camera and, like, handing whoever the camera person was, like, a like a, a, card. a signed sheet or, or, like, a signed picture or whatever. And he goes, like, he commented on it, like, like staring into your soul while also sending or handing you, like, a signature or whatever. It right. Was. And it's just, like, these guys have personalities, but I think sometimes they make it hard to know that because they're right. so... This is, dialed in yeah yeah, yeah. it was it's great like that panel was hilarious and yeah i think charlie mentioned it but they really are kind of like an old married couple like they bicker all the time they fight they to fight. break it's like we've thrown a couple punches like jesus um, <laughs> you're right megan's like megan leans over she goes that's kind of like us just without the punching <laughs> like that like and even um when i think it was on friday when Dylan and Alex were on a different panel. They were talking about how, like, like, Dylan was talking about how stubborn Alex is, and he was like, he's like, if I say anything, he just comes back and says, well, I'm not sure that's really true. And then Just to pick a fight. And he was like, he just made this funny hand motion, and I... It's, I, do you know what I compare it to? It's like that one episode from Friends, when Ross is living with Chandler and, and Joey, and he's like, guys, can you just take it down that's exactly what like, it was oh my god if any god. of you know it I'll, I'll throw it in the I'll it's, throw it in the description but it's it's hilarious I just oh my god I it was so funny and Charlie and Pat were the perfect uh, perfect moderators for that one I thought they did a good job with the moderators this year too like yes. it felt like all of the panels felt well moderated none of them felt awkward or kind of like like I liked the Chris Cook one because both of them were coming back like Chris Cook and right. Andrew Shaw because they were both coming back to Chicago and, right um like, even the Bob Verde and Patrick Kane, oh, my God, was so funny. Yes. He's... It's a good mix. Yeah. They, I felt like they did a good job in obviously having... Troy that, Murray on that, really on the good. 2010 one, was, was really, really good, good, too. I liked um, that a lot. And uh, Weidman on the... Um, yes. On the leadership one was really good as well. So, I think even Burrish moderating, like, the game show yeah. was hilarious. I was telling Megan, I think... I think I loved that... I love that they included John Weidman on that one because... 
to me, every important call that the Blackhawks have had over the last decade has been from John Wideman for me. And I've, I grew up listening to Pat Foley. I, I, Pat Foley and Eddie O are, are, are the TV guys. But I, I feel the same way about the Cubs, too. I was telling her, I, I love Len and JD on the Cubs broadcast, but... Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on the radio. That's kind of what I've grown up with my, with my grandma listening. And I think the same way as with John Weidman and Troy Murray with the Blackhawks is that I love, like sometimes some games I will literally just go and sit in my car and turn on the radio and listen to them on the radio because I love listening to their broadcast so much. So that was really exciting to have them on there too. But it's cool because yeah. like I, I listen to, to um, the radio as well. Like if I'm, if I have like a late day at work and I'm heading home and I'm not like quite home enough in time for like puck drop, yeah. Um, I'll, or if I just want to listen to the pregame stuff, well, they throw on the national anthem too. Yeah, which so I love. I, I usually listen to them on the radio. Um, I don't obviously get those channels, but I get the um, I get. I have the NHL app, and you can listen to it from there. And that's what I used to do in college. I used to listen to the games because I didn't have NHL TV. And mm-hmm. um, out in Wilmington, North Carolina, you don't really <laughs> get any Blackhawks games unless they're nationally broadcast. And even then, um, I rarely watch those. And if I did, I listened to the radio version because I didn't like, unless it was Doc Emmerich doing the game, I didn't like listening to the NBCSN people. Right. right. Sorry, um, Mike Milbury, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> okay, well, let's wrap up Sunday on that note. Uh, after that, we met Adam Boquist and Dennis Gilbert, which is oh, really wait, 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 fun. Back up. What? Really quickly. We'll touch on it later. But uh, we also met Alex Dabrinka and Dylan We Stone. did. We did. Well, I was I was saving that for the bottom. I all was right, saving well, that for the bottom. To, all right. We'll for the, go, for the we'll very talk, end. We'll talk more in depth about it down there. But, yeah, that was dope. But, yeah, so we met Adam Boquist and Dennis Gilbert, which was really fun. And they were super nice. And they, they both did funny stuff with both of us. Like, I, I went in to take the picture. And Dennis Gilbert, I, like, felt him move his hand up. <laughs> and he was, like, started, like, petting Boquist's hair. It was really funny. It's like, in my picture, it's so cute because we're all just kind of like giggling we're all like yeah. <laughs> um, but that was really fun and then we I did the Blackhawks combine I think I got six goals in the accuracy shooting I didn't get any slap shots into the dryer I hit the dryer but I couldn't elevate the puck to get it into the dryer and then I think it took me like 15 seconds to get through the stick handling like there was like take, six or seven of them it would have taken me 15 minutes <laughs> um, <laughs> but that the, was super fun too the um Adam Boquist and Dennis Gilbert. Yeah. Um, when I was up there with them, for some reason, so <laughs> so I got up there and I said hi and we stood for the picture and when when I asked them to sign my shirt, I handed my shirt to Boquist and he was he went over to the little like bar because. Um, he just needed like a flat surface to write on because I had a shirt signed, so it's a little tricky to like hold it and yeah, sign it. Yeah, make it flat. As uh, we'll talk about with Alex to bring it. Poor Debbie. Actually, David Boland had an issue with it too. Um, <laughs> I, I, we'll figure something else different <laughs> next year. But um, as he was over there, Gilbert's like, "You don't wear a belt today." And at Bocus, so like, now I'm looking. I was like, "Did he just ask about a belt?" And Bocus is like, "No." And he's like, "Did you forget it?" And Bocus is like, "No, I just didn't wear a belt." And Gilbert's like, oh, "That's weird." I was and gonna he, make a comment about Swedish clothing. I was gonna be like, "The Swedes don't wear belts. They don't need them." And it was, <laughs> just, it was just funny because even like they were still talking about it when um, Bocus handed my shirt over to Gilbert. Like they were still talking about like. 
the stupid belt, and I'm like, what are you talking Why am I stuck in the middle of this weird conversation? You're just, like, belt? looking between was, the two. <laughs> I was just, like, trying not to die laughing because I was like, what is happening? Right. Um, it, was, it was great, though. 10 out of 10. That was a good way to end the day. It was. Uh, it was a really good way to end of the day. So let's talk about the players that we did meet this weekend. So we did mention that we both met Seabrook and that Megan met Calvin DeHaan. Uh, but we also, after the, after the final, after the final uh, panel, the the reliving the 2010 Stanley Cup uh, panel, we did meet Christopher Stieg, Dave Boland, and Brian Bickle. And I was saying this, we were talking about this as well all weekend after it happened because it was so it was so genuine. But when I met Brian Bickle at the the home opener red carpet in the 2017-18 season. He stayed and signed for everyone as they're trying to tear down the stage and, and get the red carpet off of Madison Madison Street, and he's still out there signing for everyone. Not one object was left unsigned by this man, and he he signed afterwards. And they're like, "All right, Brian, we gotta go." And he's like, "No, I'm not done yet." And that's I think he, that was really important. That's what he did yesterday too. Um, yesterday, when he was signing my shirt, um, one of the like player personnel people came up to him is him and Versteeg they were the only two ones still signing stuff and um they came up to those two and they're like hey like you guys need to like sign like one or two more things and Brian Bickle's like no I'm not done I don't I don't know if Chris Versteeg said anything but right. he was still signing stuff when I walked away so I'm guessing he said something to us or just was like no what are you gonna <laughs> argue with Versteeg um no <laughs> so um that was cool that both of them stayed a little bit later to sign everything I think um, it goes a long way. Like, does. I remember really meeting does. him, like, at the red carpet. That's one of my favorite memories. Like, that was the first time he came back after retiring, and I, I got to say thank you for 2013, yeah. and then that I was thinking about him and cheering for him because it was pretty recently after he talked about uh, being di- diagnosed with MS, and yeah. that was really special. And when players do stuff like that, it goes a really long way, it especially does. in, like, a kid's, a kid's mind. It's like they're staying to sign my stuff, like, when you're standing there, you're like, the time. right. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get a signature. They're probably going to get pulled away here soon. But to kind of see a player be like, no, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to sign everything. People are waiting. Like, that's that's something that's super special, I think. Yeah. And uh, David Bolin had, I, it's one of those Let's things. Let's talk about David Bolin's signature, please. <laughs> it's so bad. I don't know what it is. It's like a little squiggle. It's just I, a line. Does it look like that on yours? No, mine's yeah, the I whole saw, thing. So I think what happened was. Mine's like a harder I surface. It's a hat, Bill. It, I was going to say, so I brought us jersey this year and I think if I'm going to do it next year I think I'm going to like maybe put like a piece of cardboard in it or something yeah. so that it's easier for these guys to sign because I was trying to figure out like the best way for them to sign if they don't have a hard surface if they're not right like, at a table right um but oh my god it was so funny like this his signature literally on mine is like a squiggle and he goes sorry <laughs> it's like it's fine it's fine sorry he's like the first of two players to apologize for me for my or for their signature on my shirt but um, Let's go there then. To break it in strong, yeah. we met them after the panel today. So I didn't, th- poor I, didn't, Debbie. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to sign because of how they ended the panel. Right. Um, I guess two people won like pucks or whatever, like signed pucks. So right. I was like, oh, they're probably not going to sign. But the people went over. I was like, you know what? Let's go over. Right. And um, got right in there. And Debrinka took my shirt, and he signed it. I don't know <laughs> if it was like the way I was holding it or the way he was trying to hold it, but... He signed it with, like, the side of the Sharpie. So it's, like, it looks like... Calligraphy. It's, like, really thick. Yeah, it looks like calligraphy or something. <laughs> He's, like, I'm so sorry. I'm, like, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. Good luck next season. Like, it's fine. He's, like, thanks, and he moved on to the next person. And then 
um, whipped around to uh, Dylan Strom as well, and I was the last person that he signed for. The lady was literally like, you have one signature left, and I just stuck my arm out like, please! <laughs> and uh, he signed it, and I told him to have a good season. Oh, my God, it took everything in for me, like, to not call him a raccoon. I love him so much. I really do. <clears throat> Mr. Dylan, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? Honestly, God, <laughs> he, I love him or, so much. what's your skincare routine? <laughs> Honestly, they, but they were both so nice, and they, they actually both signed a lot. Like, they did. Well, Dylan, Dylan was having like a full-on conversation about his pants with some yeah, woman. Yeah, and, and he, um, there was a lady who came up and like shook his hand and like introduced herself like properly, and he was having a conversation with her while he was signing. My voice just cracked. With her, um, when he was signing my shirt, and uh, I don't know, it just like goes a long way. It really does. And, right. Um, for him, for all of them to take time out of their day, and I know like. Like, I suck not getting caners. We tried getting caners, but he stood right in front of me, five feet away, and he signed the kid, and then he left. And I, I was like, I mean, no! He's just, it's one of those things where caner is just such a important guy. Yes. And same with Sharp, Sharp, you know, Sharpie and Burrish. Like, both of them didn't sign as long as Boland and... Seabrook, too. Yeah, and Seabrook. Like, all of them only signed for, like, a couple of minutes. Like, maybe two minutes. Right. Um, I don't even think Kaner signed that long. But, no. Um, because by the time I got there over there, he was gone. Right. Um, which is fine. I mean, I got a picture of him. It's fine. Right. Um, again, he's also throwing me a puck, so it's fine. Yes. I forgive him. Um, but, yeah, I... I uh, I like that we got to meet everybody, and it was funny because even yesterday, by, like, yesterday midday before the 2010 panel, yeah. I was like, I only have Calvin Hahn's signature on here. I'm going to look like an idiot putting this in a frame with just one signature on it. Yeah. It's not even Jonathan Taves' signature, even though it's my Jonathan Taves shirt. Right. Like, <laughs> it's going to look so dumb. And Calvin, like, bless his heart, I told him to sign on the number, and he didn't. Um, he signed on the shoulder. But it's fine. Um, Hockey players. <laughs> it's fine. You know, none of them listened to me last year either. I told him not to sign. Like, I didn't tell him not to, but I told him to sign on the top part of the hat and not on the bill because the bill has all the Chicago like skyline right. on it. It's right. a weird hat. But right. told him to sign like on the cat part of it, not on the bill, and they all signed on the bill. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it was it was really nice getting to meet all those guys and getting some good signatures and. Uh, I have a Brent Seabrook signature in my heart. It's not, you know, on my shirt, but it's, right. it's there in it's spirit. In my heart. Yeah. Um, I think I got more this year than I did last year. I don't yeah. remember. I think I only got like six last year. I know I got Cam Ward, Kunitz, Soupy, Burrish, and Sharp. I think those are the only ones I got. Yeah. I didn't get Kaner because I didn't have a Sharpie, even though I was standing right in front of him. Right. I will never let myself live that one down. I was so mad that I didn't have a stupid <laughs> Sharpie, and I. I was too shy to really ask anybody for a Sharpie, and I'm, you're at the Duncan Keith thing, I think. Yes. Um, off meeting Duncan Keith. Um, Casual, not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Kind of <laughs> sad that he wasn't there this year. Yeah. It would have been really funny to have a panel with him and Seabrook. Oh my and god, he, do a panel did. of him, Seabrook, Sharp, and Burrish. Oh my god, I would die. <laughs> I would actually At Blackhawks, take our recommendations, please. Um, but no, it was really cool meeting all those guys, and um, it's. I was telling Shay this after we met Seabrook, but it's, it's really nice meeting these guys and confirming that they're good people. Yes. Because sometimes you meet your idol or you meet somebody that you really look up to and they just suck as a human being. And um, it was really nice that they're that they're all really nice people and took time out of their day. And I know the lady behind me when um, when we got to Caner and he was already like leaving, she was so upset about it and like she's just like irrationally upset about yeah. it. I'm like, look, it, 
it's they're already giving enough of their time. He's not obligated to sign. Right. None of them are obligated to sign after they do panels. Right. No. And the fact that they do is like a huge deal. Yeah. Because out of the goodness of their hearts. Exactly. Essentially, like they're, yeah. They're you know they're. I don't know. It just it's one of those things where like you just never know with celebrities like some people seem really genuine and then you get to meet them in person and they're just like the fakest rudest person ever I have luckily never had that experience but you know it it's one of those things where it's just nice being like reaffirmed that your favorite players aren't complete jerks yes um yes you know and I'm never gonna hold it against any of these guys personally that they didn't sign my thing or anything right they just didn't get they didn't have time to sign right which is fine it's not on purpose they don't do it just because yeah know, like, like it's not like they're like out of spite like I'm purposely not going to sign this girl's ha 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 so funny like yeah. I mean they already do so much for their fans all of right, them right right and the convention enough is like being able to go there and see them and sit like a row away from Patrick Kane is pretty cool yeah so, not going to argue with that yeah, well, we're almost at the two-hour mark here, so Oops. we're going to wrap this up super hot quick. But Megan has been here since Wednesday, so that's the, the convention isn't the only thing we've done. Uh, we did She did meet my Nana, my world-famous Nana. Everyone loves Nana. Um, we went to the CPHL games at Fifth Third Arena, which was really cool. And one thing I just kind of wanted to touch on as we're running through our Thursday, our Thursday was a busy day. We uh, went to the Hamilton exhibition, which was really, really cool. cool. Uh, Why we did we say that at the same time? <laughs> we're like this. Uh, we had lunch in Wrigleyville and I surprised her with a tour of Wrigley Field and we got to see the lower bowl, the bleachers, we got to go on the field twice in the dugout saw the press box, the visiting clubhouse yep, got to see the Ivy which was, I, I was on the field and I was like I am not worthy. It was, it was really cool, As speaking as a Brewers fan it was really cool uh, yeah. I, but I'm also like a sports history person in general so I mean right. I thought when they won in 2016 that it was cool because it's something that just he's one of the oldest franchises in baseball. Yeah. And for them to have not had I was gonna say a cup. A World Series. We've suffered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I um which is it's funny that I say that because you could literally apply that to the fucking blues. And yeah. It's, it's just not the same. Yeah. But you could I mean in theory you could apply it to them as well because they're the last of the expansion era team to yes. like the nineteen sixty seven. They sixty seven? Yeah. Yes. Um they were the last of those teams to win a cup, which obviously means they suck the most, so <laughs> And then the the one thing and then had a thought in there one last time. One last one last jab at the blues. Just to like make Johnny proud, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we came back here. Uh, she got to meet, Megan got to meet one of my childhood best friends, Jackie. Shout out to you, Jackie. I've known her since first grade, so that was really cool. It was like college friends and home cool. friends like meeting, and they got along really great. But the one thing that I want to end on here with is uh, <laughs> what happened to us on Thursday morning at the good old Palace Girl. Look, so I could, I could cry at what happened. So this stuff doesn't happen to me. Just to put this in perspective, if this stuff happens to Shay, it does not happen to me. <laughs> I've met so many people at the palace. If I had gone there by myself, this would not have happened to me. So we get in there like 8 o'clock, and I I love the palace. We've gone almost, I think every, actually, I think we've gone every single time that. It's my favorite thing to do. I just love taking people there and just getting food. We don't have anything like that at the the palace, in Raleigh. We don't have anything that's that, like, hole-in-the-wall type of nostalgic place. And um, so... We sit down, and I don't even think we'd ordered yet. I think we'd ordered our, like, drinks. Like, I'd ordered a water, and you got your coffee. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see Jimmy Waite walk in the door. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Jimmy Waite. Like, how dope. Like, goaltending coach for the Blackhawks. Sick. 
and then Sheldon Brookbank walked in and Mark Charlie Crawford. Conway yeah and then uh, and then Mark Crawford walked in and then the Swedish guy that I can't think of his name the new assistant coach yeah, yeah. and one other guy walked in and then Colin walked in and I'm like oh no Oh no! Absolutely well, not! Beckett starts freaking because I just saw Jimmy Wait and I was like, "Oh hey, that's Jimmy Wait." I was like, "Maybe he's just here with his family." And then Megan, like the way Megan was sitting, she was sitting towards the door. Was she was looking at the, the door. door, and like I just see her face get all red, and she just starts going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I was like, "What?" I was like, going to look," and she's like, "Don't, don't look, don't, don't look." But the entire Blackhawks coaching staff is here right now, and then they sat at the table behind us. I, the, the restaurant was empty for maybe two tables, except for. Two Two other tables and one of them had left by the time they had come in so they, they chose the seat right behind us I'm sitting right behind Jeremy Carlton and I was sitting there and I was like oh okay so we're having Blackhawks with the I mean we're having breakfast with the Blackhawks coaching staff right like, now honestly I've never been in a situation like that like I'm not okay let me back up when I first met Adam Burge like the first time it was kind of like that because right. we were we just happened to be in the suite next to the Blackhawks suite which I still don't know how my dad didn't know that. Like, <laughs> did none of your coworkers tell you that it was next to the Blackhawks suite? Did they not right, know? Like, right. what's the tea here? But whatever. Um, like, that was a kind of incidental meeting. Like, obviously, yeah. my stepmom looked back and was like, he's attractive. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God. It's Adam um, And at that point, I really, like, I knew he, I knew he went to Wisconsin and won the, the national championship with uh, the Badgers. Right. In 2006. Um and I knew that he won the cup with the Blackhawks in 2010, but my voice keeps cracking. I'm so sorry. It's been a long weekend. Um, we both realize that we're losing our voices this morning <laughs> from all the screaming. And, um, but it was one of those incidental things where I look back, I'm like, oh my God, that's Adam Burrish. And my dad's like, let's go. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm still skittish even going up t- after the panels. Like, I told you yesterday even, I was like, are you sure you don't want to go meet Calvin DeHaan? Because, like, you should go meet Calvin DeHaan. <laughs> because I just get, like... I also wanted to get Megan out of her comfort zone, guys. I get... I See get what nerv- I do here? I get nervous meeting people I don't know. I know that, and that's why I do it, too. Especially celebrity-type people, because even... That's why so, I push you to the front of all of the, the crowds to get signatures. A, even as a kid... We went to go see the Jonas Brothers when I was probably, uh, I would take a guess, like 13, 14 years old. It was like towards the end of their first stint, and they had Honor Society opening for them. Nobody probably knows who this band is, Um, but I did. I I liked their music. They were on Disney Channel and Radio Disney. Radio Disney? What the hell that Radio Channel is. Yeah. Um, they were on that, and I knew who they were, and I liked their music, and they, like, casually walked in front of us while we were waiting to get into the concert, and I couldn't, I, I just, I just stared. <laughs> I was like, that's You've come a long way, though, and I'm really proud, because I, like, whenever we would go up to the front, I'm like, Megan, get in here, and you're like, oh, and I was like, just get in here, you gotta be aggressive sometimes, you know? It's just gonna get to the point where one time I'm gonna meet somebody, like, I'm gonna actually meet Patrick Kane, and I'm just gonna be like, I'm just gonna, like, open Squeak. my mouth and scream. <laughs> <laughs> I am Patrick, nice to meet you. Ah! <laughs> and he's just gonna be like, what the hell? <laughs> he's probably seen weirder. Um... Yeah, people had Dylan Strom and whoever else signing their dog this weekend, which is absolutely <laughs> iconic. I Hi, like, will you sign my dog? <laughs> I mean, they had jerseys on. They weren't straight up signing their dog. Right, right, like, right. putting right. that out there, so we right. don't think that the Blackhawks are, like... Signing animals. <laughs> um, with toxic markers. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a little skittish around meeting people just because 
I don't know. I'm, I've always been an introverted kind of keep to myself type of person and I don't really like when I inconvenience anybody so that's a lot of it right um but yeah it was it's this this year I felt more confident and I think had I been in the situation like I was last year where I didn't get a signature from Patrick Kane because I was scared to ask for a sharpie right um I think if I was in that situation this year I would have just asked somebody for a sharpie yeah um but yeah it was it was a fun weekend for sure definitely looking forward to next year already already it's, I know it hasn't even been 24 hours since it ended and I'm already like all right it hasn't even been like <laughs> it's been seven hours since it ended right which is yeah but so that's gonna wrap it up this one's this one was a long one but I think it was much needed and and I, I, I was thinking about this about halfway through the podcast but I was like I'm really glad we're doing this and we're really breaking it down like panel by panel day by day because in the future I'm going to want to remember sometimes you, you forget things and for me especially I've had five concussions so the brain up there really isn't a I haven't even really done anything smartest. To, dude I haven't even done anything to my brain and I can't remember stuff half the time like I I I I can't even tell you what I ate for breakfast this morning. Like, not even joking. I know it was cereal, but I don't know what kind of cereal it was. Right. Um, but my, my brain is just terrible, and I haven't even had... I've had one minor concussion. One. And so this will be something that's really fun for both of us to look yeah. back on and, and kind of reminisce this year, because I think it was it was just the two of us this year, and we didn't really go with any other people, and I think it was a really good way for us to bond and, like, a, a, another way for us to get closer, especially doing those 20 questions. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, we really got really close there. It was kind there, of funny, but. too, because I could tell that we were getting on each other's nerves yesterday because yeah like I, I won't go into specifics or anything but I could just tell that both of us were just pissing each other off and I think that's just part of like it, it happened with my close friends in college as right. well but we don't hang out in person that often so there's not really a chance for us to piss each other off right not in a like well I think we were way. also like overtired yesterday oh, yeah, and sure. we were both just like exhausted from the day before and everything but yeah. I feel like that's important for us too because the way our friendship works is that like we it, it was weird and like Megan Megan said something that that pissed me off and then 10 minutes later I was like yeah, I'm over it. I literally was like, "Hey, man, You're this is." I was a song like 20 minutes later. I like, was in the car singing. I was in the car and I was like, "I can feel the tension right now, and I hate it." So I just want to like clear the air really quick and just be and like, then, yeah. "Let's just talk about it, get it off the table, and now we're fine." And like, it's just funny because I don't think I was up here long enough last year to yeah. really get to that point. Plus, even I, I, I mean, I was up here about the same time, but you and I because. You had the Duncan Keith thing, and yeah. because we were just kind of running in different circles right. even during the convention, right? Um, it just like we just weren't together. But we've been together for the past like seventy-two hours at this point, right. longer than that. Yeah, and like not even just kind. I mean, we're like in the same house. Yeah, like we. She's sleeping in my basement. <laughs> yeah, like it's literally like we are absolutely like attached. Yes, and it's just funny because I. I've always had these moments with my best friends back home, like, right. um, in college and even friends when I was a kid, right. where you just, you just piss each other off after hanging out with each other for so long, and, right. um, I don't know, it was, it was just really funny, because I could just tell, and literally now, 20 minutes later, we're scream singing Taylor Swift together, so, <laughs> yeah. like, it just, oh man, the, the duality of our friendship is just outstanding, I'm telling you, we are, we are, if there's a Blackhawks friendship, we're not Kane and Taves, we're not Seabrook and, and Keith, we're not Sharpie and Burrish, we're 1,000% Stroman. 
Norman to bring it. Like I'm not, <laughs> even, not even joking you. Right, and it's but I think it makes us it makes our bond stronger and it makes our friendship stronger. And I and I truly consider Megan like my sister, not a friend anymore. Yeah. So it's like you're just family and it's normal. And I'm like I yelled at Megan. I was like Megan, if you want water, go and get a cup out of our cabinet and fill it with water. Yeah. Get a snack out of my fridge. I don't yeah. care. Like you're in our house. You're part of our family. It's like just, it's, it's so funny. funny because we just I don't think we've had. We just haven't spent as much time together in person, so yeah. it was a nice little, like, I don't know what to call it, because... A nice little, like, I don't know, get to know you kind of thing, but... Yeah, even though we've known each other for, what, three years? Almost four? Yeah, um, so... Yeah, uh, it was great. It was a great weekend. We, we really did... We did the most. Yeah. Um, we're both exhausted. We went to Museum of Science and Industry earlier, so... Yeah. Um, which was dope. Never been. I got a model plane named him Philip. <laughs> this is great. It was an adventure, so... It was, it was a really fun adventure. This whole weekend has been really fun, and I really don't want to go home tomorrow. So this podcast will probably go up while I'm in the air. Yeah, it'll go um, up in the morning. So look out for that. I'll post... I'll post about it as soon as I can... Uh, <laughs> as soon as I can get off the plane. Um... But uh, yeah. But thanks for thanks for listening this yeah, far. If you've listened this far, um, this was super fun, and, and we love doing this live one, which was an awesome awesome opportunity for us. So, um, and also if you didn't catch the bonus episode that went out on Friday of uh, my conversation with Charlie Romeliotis about all things Blackhawks, go ahead and check that out. I'll, I'll link it below down yeah, shout here. Out, shout out to Charlie. He gave me the biggest hug that I was not expecting. <laughs> I was like, hi. I know. I told him to. I was like, Megan's over there meeting Strom when you meet her. Give her a hug so um, he's, he's awesome so that was, that was and your interview with him was great too yeah. so definitely check that out but yeah so thank you for tuning in uh, we will see you guys again next week back on kind of our normal schedule we'll be talking about all things NHL and free agency and everything we got a couple Even things though I to just, talk about I just want to talk about the Blackhawks nobody else it's when's October what? it's not soon enough alright bye guys have a good one bye